Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday night. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Perfect dialogue, great guests, amazing rhythm and flow. Everything, everything you could want in a program. We all mess so well. Uh, just phenomenal chemistry, and I'll tell you, I love everybody's opinions and how much value each individual uh, brings to this, um, to all these episodes. It's, it's quite something. Um, you know, obviously the weekend is approaching. I hope wherever you are, I hope your week has gone accordingly. I hope it's been productive. I hope you have fun plans for the weekend. Um, you know, we are obviously living in a crazy time as usual. Um, I, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are all absolutely incredible. The show is listened to in 25 countries and on 70 online platforms. And, guys, we have so much planned for the future of the Rory Sodder Show. I have a brand-new network that I'm releasing. Um, it's about 90% done, 90% done, and uh, we'll be having notable names doing their own radio shows, TV shows, 24-7 breaking news coverage. I'm also signing deals with various radio networks um, across the country. Uh, you know, sh- shout out to my recent deal. Uh, with Freedom First Network. I love those guys. They're doing an awesome job. And, um, you know, thank, thank you to every other uh, platform. I mean, 70 online platforms, guys, 25 countries, almost three years of doing this. Tonight is episode 283. I mean, it, that's quite something. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, and, and, and what it truly is is, you know, I, I never stop. You know, the key in this business in podcasting and radio is consistent and, and, and carrying on a conversation. You know, never allow any dead air time. And, you know, I, and I, I always say improvising is one of the main things. I mean, that, that's a huge part of it. Um, so I want to I wanna get into uh, so many uh, headlines tonight. Um, President Trump, um, President Trump finishing up a rally here in Wisconsin. Uh, phenomenal speech as usual. Uh, right on par, putting everything into perspective. Um, you know, he's he's just, I mean, he's ready. He's ready to rock and roll. I mean, this is going to be a landslide. I mean, this guy uh, is a miracle worker. And the way he resonates with his fans and with everyone around him, and, you know, with, I mean, we've never seen uh, any sort of uh, leader get this sort of support. I mean, this guy sells out NFL stadiums. NBA arenas. I mean, if you see the crowd tonight in Wisconsin, I mean, there might be more people outside than there are inside because there's a they, they cap it out at a certain amount. I don't, I don't know what the cap is. I think it might be about five thousand or whatever. But I mean, there were probably twenty or thirty thousand outside. I mean, there's the, 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 the enthusiasm, the momentum, uh, just the energy is is. I mean, it, it's it's beyond one hundred. It's it's more um, it's more it's more than it was in 2016. I can tell you that much. I can tell you that. I mean, this guy. If you want to compare crowd sizes, I mean, he gets he gets like the Michael Jackson Beatles Beatles crowds. You know, this is this is a some, something that we will never ever see again in the history of politics. And let, let's also you know mention this and, and let's be clear. He is the greatest president to ever live. There's no question about it. The guy has delivered on 80% of his promises within three years. Again, that's 80% of his promises 
within three years. I mean, and if he had a Congress that would work with him, he would have had he would have had a hundred percent delivered within three years. Think about that. If he had Congress working with him, he would have had a hundred percent delivered. There's no doubt. I mean, this guy never never quit, never stops. I mean, and you know the the media attacks him, and you know they try to bring him down, but it doesn't even phase him. The guy sleeps a few hours a night, and then he's you know I mean this is truly a leader that is the definition of working for we the people. I mean, that's his, that's what he goes by, doesn't take a salary, works for free. I mean, you know, left his billionaire lifestyle uh, to save humanity. And, and I've always said this, he's not only saved the United States, he saved the entire world. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a given. That's a given. And he's opened up the door, you know, and, and I, I've mentioned this on my show many times. He's opened up this whole route, this whole road and, and, you know, loophole for outsiders to run for office and really promote themselves and get, get their, you know, um, get their voices out there. And it's, it's changing. Things are changing in D.C. I see on my show all the time. The days of the politician are very limited. You know, I, I'm running for Congress in 2022. Many people already know that. And I will all win, too. I will master the media like, like nobody you've ever seen. I will be the most outspoken, most unfiltered candidate, but it will be factual. You know, I'm not going to go out there and, you know, act crazy. I'm going to go out there and, and take no bullshit. I'm going to be as firm and direct as possible. And anybody who's listening to my show knows I'm a no bullshit kind of guy. I'll tell you how I feel. You know, there's no sugarcoating with Rory Sodder. And the thing about Rory Sodder, you know, unlike a lot of people, is I will say whatever I feel. A lot of people are scared because they don't want the backlash. They don't want to, you know, have that, you know, those repercussions. And that's not me. That's definitely not me. I mean, I am a bulldog. I will go, I will run through walls. I will fight for anyone. I am the guy that is going to treat my constituents like they are my friends, not like they're peasants, not like they've been treated like past politicians. I'm going to connect with them on a personal basis to the best level possible. And I actually believe my ideas and what I want to pursue and put out there and and shine light on are really going to, you know, open people's eyes on both sides. I've had people, I've had Democrats, tell me that they will vote for me. Like, that's, I mean, if that's not saying any, I mean, but obviously it's, it's mostly Republicans, but I've had some moderates that, that have told me, you know, absolutely I would vote for you. And they, they you know, they, they barely, they don't really, I mean, at this time, obviously, in culture, they're voting Republican, but, I mean, it, things are changing. I, you know, I, I just, I just believe something magical, um, it, it just continues. I mean, and we're getting more and more, whether it's military, whether it's, um, you know, uh, police officers, all that good stuff, businessmen, all these people running for office. And you know what? I love it. I love it. Because we need to really put back the definition of we the people and who, who these elected officials are, you know, working for. I mean, I mean those are just the facts. Um, and, you know, it, it, it bothers me that they take all, the, all these <clears> – <throat> swamp rats. They're taking all this vacation. They're taking all this recess. I mean, it's like, you know, and, and it's, on our, it's, on, it's on our dime. It's, it's with taxpayer dollars. 
and it's both sides. They're both guilty. You know, I, you know, obviously I lean more conservative. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, like I've said on my show many times, I agree with about 90% of what Trump does, about 90%. But, you know, there's those few things, um, you know, that I will disagree with, you know, and, and I think that's with a lot of voters. And, you know, I, I'm a registered independent because there's a, there's a lot of messed up Republicans. I mean, I'll tell you, there's a lot of rhinos, a lot of people that are, are, are just so phony. And I, and I can't align with that. Um, we, need, we need to continue to get these career establishment uh, leeches, um, you know, out of there. That, 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 those are the facts. Uh, but, no, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a breath of fresh air. You know, Trump's um, speech tonight, fantastic. Um, you know, tonight's show is huge. We have best-selling author and popular political columnist David Thomas Roberts calling in. We have the CEO of Valcor Worldwide, Dave Sussman, calling in. We have the founder of Published Reporter, Sean. We have popular talk show host and attorney, Eric Napany calling in. We have U.S. congressional candidate for Maryland, Tim Faisenbaker, calling in. We have founder of Freedom First Net and American conservative movement, Jeff Dornick, calling in. We have political uh, science professor and ex-Homeland Security official, Nick Giordano, calling in. We have U.S. congressional uh, nominee from Arizona, Josh Barnett, calling in. Uh, NC State candidate and police expert uh, Rick Rick Paget, uh, speaker and writer Sam Tully, doctor and talk show host Matthew Wood Collins, uh, Kennedy Experience founder Nick Tia, crime expert Carlo Cavazzuti, political activist Paul Middleton, and more. I mean, this is a an all-star lineup tonight. Um, but yeah, let, let, let's get let's get into this. I want to introduce, um, I you know, let's see who's on the line. I want to make sure we have everybody. Uh, we have crime expert Carlo Cavazzuti. Carlo, how are you, buddy? I'm well. I'm well. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, you know, just hanging in there, doing, doing, uh, doing, doing the best I can. You know, life is good. I, you know, I can't complain at this moment. But you know, I think just like everybody, we have our good and bad days. For sure, for sure. You know, one of the top stories for me tonight is. Harris Faulkner and one of her cohorts, uh, Melissa Francis, all of a sudden they paled out. They turned white as a ghost. And for Harris Faulkner, that's a lot. When um, Newt Gingrich brought up um, George Soros and how he's financing everything, they just did not want to talk about it. And there was an awkward pause there after uh, Newt stopped talking. And I'm thinking, you know, these are people I admired to bring honest news to us. Harris Faulkner, yeah. come on now. I mean, she's always right. been I know. upstanding. It's bullshit. I know, it's such bullshit. I mean, when, when he mentioned George Soros, they cut the tape. And it just, it just goes to show what I say on the show all the time about how Fox News has changed in terms of ownership. I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the Murdoch sons have taken over a lot of it, and they are Biden donors. They are not supporters of Trump. Uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch let, pretty much has let Fox News go. I mean, people on the board there are like Paul Ryan and other, you know, terrible, evil individuals. And, and you know, George Soros is funding a lot of groups and a lot of entities and I would not be surprised if he somewhat given money in, in some way, 
giving money to Fox News. I mean, it's just weird, man. I mean, we, we you I, know, I, I mean, Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich is a Fox News veteran. I mean, he, he, he's, and that's so disrespectful to cut off the tape when he's trying to explain a scenario. And it just goes to show, like, like I said a second ago, it's agenda-driven. There's something going on. Well, I just finished an article for the published reporter, which you are aware of. And uh, yeah. this was about Newt Gingrich. And I included in that article two maps of where George Soros is backing prosecutorial uh, elections and also backing uh, Islamic jihadists. And right. they make a line all the way from California across Texas and all the way up to New York and Massachusetts. And being in, Mass- being in Texas makes me absolutely sick to my stomach that this kind of shit is being allowed. Yeah, and it was just reported as well, uh, which is very sick. Uh, George Soros, um, there was a big report on Breitbart today, and it said the Soros-funded back coalition is preparing for post-election day chaos once once Trump wins. So, I mean, we all know what's going to happen. I mean, if we think the riots, and looting and the, and the violence is bad right now. Just there's going to be there's going to be murder and blood like we've never seen before on election day. I mean, they, these leftists are, are just going to lose it, and George Soros is responsible for a lot of it. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to hate to see that Americans turning against Americans, but but I'm telling you, if if Americans fall for the BS that Joe Biden and the Democratic Party is pushing out, along with George Soros and his one-world government, one-world religion, one-world monetary system, then they're not Americans. They're not patriots. And they've been brainwashed for years thinking that the Republican Party is bad. They're not the party of civil rights. All of this nonsense. Uh, You know, I don't go out of the house unless I'm armed. I sit in the house, and I have a gun within arm's length. And I'm not saying that to sound like some gun nut. But, you know, in in this day and age, Rory, you've got to look after your own protection. The Supreme Court has ruled on several occasions that the police are not responsible for your protection. You are responsible for your own protection. And I know you're one of the type of guys that probably wouldn't go out of the house without a firearm, especially um, in the area where you live. Uh, it's, it's crazy, you know, and, and there's going to be bloodshed and it's going to be nasty. And I think once it's all said and done, uh, Trump is going to succeed and come out of this. Uh, you know, the Rhino Republicans are all are already cutting deals with Joe Biden, saying, "Well, we can compromise on stuff. We can do this. We can do that." Listen, Joe Biden ain't running for president. Let's be let's be clear about that. You and I know that it's Kamala Harris, and once she right. pushes Joe out and puts him to pasture because he can't think for himself without a teleprompter, much like the, a past president couldn't talk without a teleprompter. I think Kamala Harris is going to bring her buddy up AOC if she doesn't lose her election in New York City. 
And if right. if and she you, doesn't lose New York City, it, shame on them. Shame on them for what they've allowed New York City to become. A cesspool just like Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore, you name it. Los Angeles where, you know, good old Nancy's from. So... Right, and think, and think about this. Like, if we if we really wanted to stop the right, I mean, you you've worked in crime your entire life. You've dealt with some really Absolutely. hardcore criminals. I mean, you've dealt with every sort of category anybody can think of: murderers, all the worst types. I mean, gang members, you name it. You you you've encountered, and you know you you've gone through the whole process in terms of you know taking down these 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 scum. But you know, let, let's face how we can really um, crack, crack this issue, which is how they're dealing with it in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The judges set the bonds to a million dollars. I mean, if, if people know that's going to be the consequence for going out and creating an ass out of yourself in the street, I think they're going to think twice because they know they're not getting out. Uh, for a, they're not getting out because these people don't have a million dollars. And, and there's, there's not – celebrities are not even – uh, putting up this kind of money for these kind of people. And, and, and these, these just, I, God bless this judge for doing the right thing. I wish more judges would do this rather than just releasing them and saying, oh, you're free to go. You're, oh, it's okay. And, and, but if you, we all know that's political driven when they do that shit. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, and these judges, they need to get in line because uh, what's coming down the road is – not going to happen over a slow period of time like it has been. The Democrats have been waiting for this chance for years, and they have built up a steamroller of all these uh, moronic kids that still live with mommy and daddy when they're 25 and 30 years old and can't get a job because they uh, got a uh, degree in basket weaving and they wouldn't know their ass from a hole in the ground if it was staring at them. Uh, They're going out there. They're committing all kinds of crime. What amazes me is these judges and prosecutors uh, in these cities where people come out to defend their property with a firearm and they get arrested. What part of the Constitution is violated by that, I'll tell you, there's a, several sections in the Constitution that get violated right. by that. Uh, you know, you have a right to defend your property. The Constitution gives right. us a God-given right to carry a weapon and defend ourselves, our family, our property, and everything we hold holy. You, you know, and uh, this it's cannot true. be pushed to the curb. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, Carlo, uh, stay with us. Uh, I'm glad you could be with us. And uh, you can find Carlo's work at TabazooTiCrime.com. You can find him all over social media, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Carlo, I'm going to get back to you after opening thoughts. But uh, I love it, man. I'm glad you could join us tonight. Well, I always be on your show. And, you know, I'm a big supporter of yours, a big fan. I always post good stuff for you. And, uh you know, I, I hope you kick ass in uh, 2022. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Yep, I'm in it to win it. I, I, will, win, I will win this. I will, I will win Congress. I will be in the U.S. Congress. I mean, just my passion, my dedication, my devotion, 
you know, and, and I refuse to lose. I'm a guy that uh, goes into anything with, with a very competitive mindset. Uh, but, you know, I, and I, you know, it's all about facts for me. It's all about putting out there uh, what needs to be, you know, uh, addressed and, and things that need to have, have light shine, shined on it. And, uh, you know, there's so many, so many things that politicians have been ignoring. And, um, you know, I can resonate with a lot of voters on, you know, just on, on very, in various, in various ways, you know, there's so yeah, many they've been ignoring their constituents and their voters, the people that put them in office. They were just, uh, I'm in office now. I'm going to be here for the next 40 years. You know, shame on them. Shame on them. We need right. fresh blood in right. there and every I, two know, to six like, years. Yeah, like yep. I like I said, Carl, Carl, like I said, Carlo, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna go and talk to these voters like they're my friends, not like they're not like they're peasants, like other politicians. I'm gonna treat them like they're you know I'm gonna li- I'm gonna, like humans. I'm, I'm gonna listen to what they want. I'm gonna listen to what what needs to be fixed. You know, because I'm a guy that likes to solve the problem. I'm not somebody that just likes to sit around. Uh, when I have a, a job and a position to do, and I really want to put the definition of we the people uh, back in, you know, I, I work for we the people, you know, uh, being an elected official. And, and I will say this, um, I have no fear. And that's a big part of this. I, I will master the media. I, you know, I'm very outspoken. I'm unfiltered, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's another big part of it. So, and I'm a great speaker well, too. Well, great Rory, speaker. I, I, so, I will I will eat expired unrefrigerated sushi prepared in a hospital's COVID ward by a homeless meth addict before I vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> I hear you, man. No, I hear you, bro. I hear you, man. And uh, it's just crazy this, this situation. I mean, you know, and, and you know, we can pretty much look at all the Democrats. I mean, that's how they act. That's how they act, like Joe Biden, and, and it's just a radical agenda. Um, I want I want to introduce yep. to the show. Um, I believe he's with us right now. We have writer and speaker Sam Tully. Sam, how are you, buddy? Oh, I just man, I, I think you got a I think you got a a, a, a supporter there, Roy. If you're going to eat expired sushi, <laughs> so so I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good man. Yeah. What's going on? What's new? Oh man, I'm you know I, I I tell you you know this world's getting crazy. I just read today where they're talking about the Philadelphia Supreme Court is giving them an extra three days to vote, <laughs> and they're no, talking no, no, about I maybe. That, I was going to bring that up, Sam, and it's mind blowing. Sam, this is what this is what they're doing. They are allowing. This is why mail-in ballots are a sham because they're allowing these votes to be counted even three days after the election. I mean, that's criminal. I mean, there is no, there's no exception for this sort of crap. And there's also uh, a bunch of mail-in fraud that was just uh, uh, discovered in a, in a news story from Breitbart out of New Jersey where there were 1,600 uncounted ballots uh, that were mislabeled in a bin. I mean, there's going to be ballots that are going to be popping out of everywhere. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be insane. I mean, we all know the Democrats are up to dirty stuff. Oh, yeah, and they were even talking about uh, if the signature uh, doesn't match, the one on file is not necessarily uh, meaning it's a fraudulent uh, a vote. I mean, I mean, it's like I said, it's all set up for mass chaos. They, they, they want chaos. 
And, and you know, and everyone knows, just like the previous caller stated, this isn't about Joe. They're, they're trying to keep Joe alive long enough to get him across the finish line so he can hand it off to uh, the Kamala, uh, the chameleon. I mean, you know, this woman that couldn't garner any support from her own constituency, the Democratic Party, they're trying to hand it off to her. The same woman that, what, she went to the hospital to see Blake? Uh, you know, but never did go see uh, uh, the, the woman who he the race, the race, right? And, and and last I've heard, she hasn't. I mean, she's a senator from California. She hasn't been to Linwood to go see those two sheriffs who got shot in the head. I mean, this this woman is beyond despicable. In her laugh, I mean, she's like a witch. I mean, she's just an evil, evil. I mean, you, I, she, she's Hillary. She's Hillary Clinton level evil. Oh yeah, they they said that her voting record is even less of Bernie. Now that should tell you something. If this this person's left of Bernie, she's so far out there you can't get a radar fix on her. And uh, she's right. you know, and, and they're setting her up. You know, the Democrats are so crazy about, oh, we want to get this person in here. We want to make sure we get a woman. We want to get a minority. Instead of getting the best person, they can check two boxes with her in there, possibly three. I mean, you know, she's female, she's a minority, and and she's stone crazy mad. So, like I said, these, these people are trying to set everybody up. For a big fall, and on top of that, I also uh, see where, where I listen to, uh, and, and this is where I hope minority people will wake up and smell the coffee, because Biden said if he's elected, no money to charter schools, so he's going to sit over here and relegate folks who, whose kids are already suffering in these low-down, lousy schools that aren't performing. Just like I think, what they got 13 high schools in Baltimore with nobody with a reading proficiency. Instead of letting the money go with the kids like the president is proposing, you know, I don't understand yeah. for the life of me why would anybody not want to have control over their kids' education. And here, here's the thing: I've always, I've always said that we need to strongly reform uh, the public schools because the teachers in the public schools are, I mean, a lot of them are toxic for the environment in terms of what they're teaching uh, these kids. And it's the same with universities. I mean, we need strong university reform. I don't know how we would do that. I mean, obviously, defunding a lot of these, uh, you know, various programs or, you know, I mean, if, if they don't want to comply, I mean, you know, I mean, it, just, it, it really is crazy because they're, they're getting influenced by so much third world ideology and, this is this is not what most parents want for their children, and you know the fact that they want to eliminate trade schools is is beyond is beyond me. I mean, it's beyond disgraceful. I, you know, you you would think people would encourage trade schools more because what trade schools do is they get the person ready for their actual career that they're going into, and they're fully prepared, and they don't have to wait around. They don't have to wait around and be stuck with all these student loan debt like uh, these universities, these worthless degrees from universities provide. I mean, I'm not saying all degrees are worthless. I'm not cutting down. But there's a lot of people that graduate with degrees that can, they can't even get a job with. And it's a problem. And I, you know what? 
the more I think about this and the more I talk about this, it sure sounds political in a sense from the left because they're in bed with Wall Street, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and Wall Street and all these banks are making a ton of money off these student loan uh, scenarios. So, you know, this whole trade school thing, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, and, and just uh, having them assimilate with, with every other, you know, culture and every other, you know, even even certain young criminal criminals. I mean, they, they, you know, school, they're taking away school choice. I mean, not letting people have say. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of issues there, Sam. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you how you break the back. You, you break the back by doing exactly what the president has suggested, having the money follow the kid. Now, everyone knows that uh, if you go into a supermarket and, and, and the markets you like, you, you shop at, the meat is bad, they got one shot at you, and you'll never go back to that store again. And you're going to go down there and find a supermarket that's going to have good meat. So if, in fact, uh, the supermarket doesn't come up with good meat, then they're going to go out of business. Well, you break the back of the, of the teachers' union by making the money follow the child. If the parents have the power to put their child in whatever school they want to put them in, that's going to break the back of the teachers' union because right now the schools are geared to protect the teachers' union instead of the child. Just like in California, they don't give a rat's behind if you graduate or not. Uh, Jerry Brown, before he left office, put in a, they put in a law that you can go back 10 years to get your diploma, whether you did the, uh, uh, all the requirements or not, which, which, uh, which makes the diploma a worthless piece of paper. When Barack Obama then was talking about every child should be able to go to college. Now, you think about it, just like what you're saying. If everyone went to college, then the college is worthless. There, there's different degrees and different levels of, of expertise, and every person isn't suited for an academic uh, environment. Just like exactly. the trade school. People, people's, brains, people's brains work differently. That's right. That's why, you know, if you, if you have – Instead of having four years of high school, if you got them last two years in an apprenticeship program, that person can get out there making more money than half these jokers with these useless uh, degrees on ethnic uh, exactly. science or, or, or women's lib or all this junk. They can't find a job, and they'll be making good money. So, yeah, so, so you, Sam, I've always wondered, why the hell do they get all these worthless degrees at university, and then they spend their parents' money? You know, and then they have all this, all these problems. I mean, you know, not everybody uses their parents' money for university, obviously. I mean, there's some people that even spend their own money on on worthless degrees. And, and it's just, you know, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, you know, and we live in a time where, um, you know, to be a successful business person, uh, the last thing you need is a college degree. I mean, there's probably more successful millionaires right now with high school diplomas than there are with college degrees. I mean, those, those are the facts. I mean, with all these different outlets and ways that people can make money, whether it's online, whether it's in real estate, whether it's, um, I mean, I could go on and on, all these different industries. Well, that's a, you, you, your point's well taken because the colleges really aren't geared to make people successful. They're geared to make the universities and all these folks money. And, 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 and look how rich they and, are. And, and, look at how rich they are. That's it. They are. You know, the endowments they get from these places um, or their, 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 their people, it, it's ridiculous. And, and then, you know, when you have this affirmative action thing, putting people in colleges they're not equipped for, 
then they fall off yep. the register, and people that should have went there didn't go there in the first place. So, you know, it's all a big time game, and it's a waste of time, and it's a waste of money. Uh, for you know, now, now, don't get me wrong, college is perfect for some people, and some people can make it and master it and, and, and elevate themselves to a degree where it's great. But uh, some people, like you said, they, they make a whole lot of money by never walking in there, cause, and it's a waste of their time. So, but I agree. We should have trade schools. We should have apprenticeship programs. We should have competitive schools. Whereas if the schools aren't teaching folks, they should go out of business, just like any other organization. Yeah. And parents should not have to relegate their children to some jive time school where the teachers get paid. Just like right now, in L.A., the last I heard, uh, the teachers union was talking about well, we're not going to come back to school unless we get a bunch of demands, uh, including deep funding charter schools. See, these people don't want competition. They want to have it their way. They want to be. They want to get paid, and they don't want to be accountable. And, and who wouldn't like a job like that? Well, if I don't have to teach and I get paid, then I got it made. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, stay with us. We got a lot to get into in the show. Uh, we got we got a long show tonight. We're gonna have a three hour show, so I will get back to you. I'm gonna get get to some more people, and I'm gonna do some opening rants, and I'm gonna get your thoughts. Uh, tell everybody where where people can connect with you, though. Well, okay, yeah, they can reach me at Samuel Tolly on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Player or Parlor, excuse me, P-A-E, Parlor. Or my website, inhimfirst.com. Looking forward to the show. Let's have a good one. Sounds good, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Um, Let's make sure. Uh, Yeah, I believe he's with us right now. We have um, ex-Homeland Security official and uh, political scientist, professor, uh, Nick Giordano. Nick, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Roy? Uh, doing well, my friend. Welcome back. Uh, what's new? What's going on? You obviously uh, working on a lot of stuff. You got your podcast that's doing well. Um, you know, you're doing a lot of activism work, and I know you got a lot of uh, upcoming projects. And I'll tell you, man, we're living in the most important election of our lifetime. I mean, 2020 is going to dictate everything. I mean, it, it, I mean that that's our future, and if we lose it. Uh, we're going to turn into frickin' Venezuela, and it's not going to be a pretty scene. Well, that's where people need to wake up because there's a lot going on. And just to jump back to your the college talk about higher education, just to brief forward to that, higher education is about to face a reckoning over the course of the next two to five years. You're going to see pretty much most four-year private schools, they're going under, they're going out of business, they're already struggling. Yeah. People aren't right. seeing the worth of going to college anymore. So what you're going to have left is right. the Ivy Leagues, they'll exist because they always have money. And then you'll see two-year schools yeah. and state schools. Those are going to be the ones that survive it. But the higher education institutions, they're going to face reckonings. And in order to change the whole liberal indoctrination thing, you need more conservatives getting involved in education. That's one of the most important things. And parents need to get involved in the K-12 through system. Look at what your kids are learning. Look at what they're teaching. And when you see something that's questionable, when you see something that's anti-American, push back against it. You're paying your taxes. You push back against it. That's my advice to them. Well, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And just like I talk on my show all the time, I mean, it's, it's more, you know, all these different realms of business and in various industries, you know, offer so much 
uh, opportunity and so many uh, ways to make money. So, and, you know, whether, I mean, technology is one of the big ones right now. I mean, you know, and all these different ways people can start their own businesses. I mean, you know, we're living in a, a new era. I mean, we didn't have this sort of luxury years ago. I mean, you know, the, the, the normal and the protocol and just what people were expected to do back in the day was, was go to college. But nowadays, I mean, like you said, uh, that, that sort of trend is strongly diminishing and uh, it's becoming less and less relevant. Absolutely. Well, it's, you know, in the two-year schools, you could learn a trade and get some academic education that you actually need. And it's much more relevant. You're not going to go into a ton of debt. And it makes more financial sense for the students. But we'll see what happens with this election. Because who knows? There may not be an education system left after this election. So I just released an episode on my podcast. And I was doing some research. I stumbled across a bunch of groups. You know, you have this unholy alliance. This isn't a secret. You have the never Trumpers, the bureaucrats, the deep state is the bureaucrats. You have the Democrats in the far left that have created this unholy alliance. And they're basically looking to discredit this election even before it begins because they don't have any faith that Joe Biden can win the election. So the only faith they have is that they could discredit President Trump. And over the last few months, we've seen a few things happen. We've seen terminology change. It's no longer collusion. Now he cheated and stole the first election. And that's designed to start planting seeds that he's going to steal this election. And then, so there's two groups I want to talk about real quick. You have the Transition Integrity Project. People have heard of that, I'm sure. And that's run by a former Soros employee who is a counsel to the Open Society Foundation. It's billed as this bipartisan group that has... Democrats and Republicans, but they all have one thing in common. They hate Donald Trump, and they ran election simulations. And in every simulation, Donald Trump doesn't become the president. Joe Biden becomes the president. But the key is that of the four simulations they run, there's only one simulation where it didn't end in violence. And that was the one where Joe Biden wins overwhelmingly the Electoral College and popular vote. And they're putting this out there to instill fear in people. That if you don't vote for Joe Biden, then there's going to be civil unrest on the streets. The economy is going to stop. People are going to get hurt. And they're basically threatening the American people. Now, one of the people Mob I found on this, but it gets worse than that, because one of the people I found on this committee, his name's Colonel Wilkinson. He worked for Colin Powell. He was Colin Powell's chief of staff. And there's an audio clip of him. And you're not hearing this anywhere in the media, anywhere in the media. But it's public information. He was doing an interview with NPR, and he stated that on election night, before the votes were even counted, the media has to declare that Donald Trump is starting a coup, that Donald Trump has started a coup, and he's going to assume total power. And that's what he's directing the media to do. And the reason that he's doing that is because that sparks the civil unrest. And speaking of that, Speaking of what you just mentioned, you, you bring up something I wanted to talk to you about as well. Uh, even Jack Dorsey with um, – is, is it Jack Dorsey, Twitter? Yes, the Twitter guy? Yes. He said he would censor, he would censor the president, uh, declared victory early on election night. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. And then Mark Zuckerberg trying to say that he's getting rid of all election uh, campaign ads a week before the election. I mean, this is ridiculous. 
They're, Big well, Tech is interfering. And I, and I stay on my show all the time. Nick, I stay on my show all the time because I build apps. I've been building mobile apps for about eight to nine years. I build tracking devices. I know how to hack into various systems. I know with 100% certainty that one of the biggest threats, if not the biggest threat we face in America, is big tech. The power, the influence, the manipulation, the, I mean, just, they can do anything you could ever think of. I mean, it, it's, well, and it's scary to even take in, if you know what I mean. Big tech has more power than the government does, essentially. Big tech has the power to destroy societies. Big tech has the power to destroy lives. I mean, when you look at it, yes. 90% of searches are conducted through Google. So Google is going to determine what you see. That, they're going to be the ones that make that decision. Also, when you're looking at big tech, it's one of the least regulated industries in, in the entire world. And it has the most power. So I find that interesting. Obviously, they have a lot of control over their politicians. What makes it so much more right. dangerous is now there's talk here in New York, the Emperor, Emperor Cuomo, he's talking about reimagining educa- education, yeah. where he takes education away from people like me and puts it in the hands of these tech giants. And so there's a lot of dangerous things going on right now. And this is a problem, and it's all on the line in 2020. That's for damn sure. Jesus, I'll tell you something, man. This is, I mean, I, I'm just, um, I'm beside myself because I, I know that they're pulling every trick in the book. And what they're doing is they're giving us a lot of distractions. Like, you know, this Corona thing, obviously, we know was planned. It was set up. You know, these riots are all planned. They're all set up. Uh, but they're doing so many other things behind the scenes that they don't want us to know about. And, I mean, it's well, our brain. I have to disagree a little bit. I don't go, think go the coronavirus and the riots, I don't, they weren't planned to set up, but it created the perfect opportunity for them to take advantage. It created the perfect opportunity for them to join forces together with the far left in order to try and oust Donald Trump. They figure that the, the perfect storm has arrived. You know, Russia collusion couldn't do it. The impeachment couldn't do it. So they figure that this is their last hope. The, the election is the time, is the only chance they got to get rid of Donald Trump. And that's why they've joined forces. And now it's becoming a coordinated effort. You have the National Task Force for Election Crises. One of the members of this group is Jim Baker, former, CIA, uh, former FBI general counsel, who's one of the top people involved in Operation Crossfire Hurricane, the whole start of the Russia investigation. You have Fight Back Table. It's a conglomerate of 80 left-wing groups. Many of them have ties to George Soros that are currently holding training seminars on how to conduct civil unrest, how to conduct, quote-unquote, peaceful protests. They are planning. There's no doubt about it. And the tech giants are helping them because they also fund these operations. You had Jen Janai, who is one of the top people in Google, state, she was caught on camera stating, to Project Veritas, they were undercover video, that they're not going to let 2016 happen again. That's what she said. We are not going to let that happen again. So it's not like they're hiding it, and that's the amazing thing. They're so brazen about it. And the reason they're brazen is because nobody ever holds them accountable. Nobody holds any of the bureaucrats who violated all the procedures, who lied before Congress, lied to investigators, who has drawn up charge, one person so far. And if nobody's held accountable, now they think that they could just openly say these things and nobody's going to do anything about it. Well, 
you know, and this brings up a huge problem, Nick. I mean, I, I mean, I, I want full transparency. I want full evidence. I want everything put on the table. I want, you know, I, I want them to show us, you know, um, all the details in terms of, you know, what this whole, what happened in 2016. I mean, the, the, the coup, the spying on the campaign. Uh, I, I'm praying for indictments before the election. And from what I heard the other day, within a week, we should be knowing more. Um, and, and there's about indictments and possibly there, there's even going to be, um, there's going to be, yeah, I mean, like officially, it'll be official. Um, what are your well, thoughts? I got I mean, my hopes you, up three times, so I wait to see what happens. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have to, you know, because it, 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 you're right. I mean, the whole scenario, the whole news narrative for so long is, you know, the, the indictments were coming, but, you know, we've been let on. Uh, but you know, but things it's even, have been kind of. It, it goes, it's worse than that because you have General Flynn, who's been charged with lying. You have George Papadopoulos also charged with lying. Roger Stone was charged with lying. Now take the former Attorney General Loretta Lynch. She said she did not tell James Comey to call it a matter. She told that to Congress. James Comey told Congress that she did tell him to call the Hillary Clinton email scandal a matter. So one of them lied. One of them has lied to Congress. Same thing that Roger Stone got charged with, lying to Congress. And now one of them has been charged. Now that's a simple, easily provable thing. We also know that McCabe lied to Congress. We know that Clapper lied to Congress. So these things don't take a lot of investigating. Now, the argument's been made, well, you don't want to charge them with the low-level beefs. You want to get them for the higher-level crimes. But to me, no. Take them in for every crime they committed. I don't care how low-level it is. I want to see accountability in the system. Because when you don't have the accountability in the system, the bureaucrats think that they control the system, that they run the system. Make no mistake about it, the bureaucrats despise the American people. They despise Donald Trump because Donald Trump changed the status quo. And that's what these bureaucrats want, the status quo. And when you're looking at it, they blame us because we elected him. We voted him there. And since we're too stupid to put someone like Donald Trump there, now they got to correct the situation. They think they're, they're heroes. That's the scary part. They don't realize the damage they've done to this country. Yeah. Amen. No, I agree. I agree. It, it, it's it's a real it's a real problem right now. It it really is. I mean, you know, we're we're facing some crazy, crazy scenarios. And I'll tell you, less than two months left until the election. So, um, Nick, I, I always love having you with us. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, find you, all that good stuff. They go to PASReport.com. You can find me on Facebook, Nicholas Dredano, or PAS Report. Type in either one. Twitter iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. The PAS report is all over the place. Nicholas Giordano, type it in. You'll find me. I love it. I love it. Nick, God bless you, man. Uh, really good having you on. Let's, let's get you back soon. Always appreciate it, Roy. All right, man. Take care. I, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. Uh, we have... Uh, popular talk show host and attorney, Eric Matheny. Eric, how are you? Welcome back, buddy. Hey, Rory. What's going on, man? Oh, man, just another day living the dream. Another episode, you know, 
It's uh, almost Friday. You know, uh, lots of news going on. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's been a very busy news week, and we got 47 days. So, like you just said uh, in your previous interview, the most consequential election in American history. And Eric, it's you know when you really like sit down and actually think about it. Like, I mean, I, we we all know it's coming up, but when you really like reflect and really take a moment to just like v- visualize the entire scenario. I mean, if we lose, I mean, people need to really understand. This, this is not a game. This is our life. This, 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 I mean, if, if, if Biden gets in there, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can stay in this, I mean, in this country. I mean, I, I'm, I'm terrified because we all know Kamala Harris is more far left than Bernie Sanders. It's going to be much worse, and she is the most – she's as evil as Hillary Clinton and as evil as Pelosi, if not more evil. Well, you're, you're 100% correct there. Um, so one of the things, I mean, look, we have to war game, just like the Democrats are war gaming. We got to do the same. We got to have the hard conversations. We got to talk about all scenarios. Um, Rory, I'm, I'm glad that you're coming on my show Saturday because we're going to be talking about this quite a lot with our guest co-host Rampage, who's former military, and he's yeah. going to walk us through just about every scenario you can imagine. But I think what happens if Joe Biden wins um, he is a figurehead. I think he'd probably resign within six months and then Kamala Harris would be your president. He'll cite uh, exhaustion or age or mental deterioration. But the thing that we also have to remember is that just because Joe Biden wins, and even if he wins convincingly, which is one of the war game scenarios, that doesn't mean that the violence and the rioting is going to stop. It actually could ramp up because now Antifa, BLM, and the violent left thinks that they own Joe Biden. And if he doesn't follow them hook, line, and sinker all the way, uh, look what they did to Ted Wheeler in Portland. Ted, Ted Wheeler is as far left as you can go, and they tried to burn his house down. So just because you're on their side doesn't necessarily mean it. They're going to eat their own pretty soon when when we're no longer a factor. You know, because I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, are we going to take to the streets? Are we going to riot? Probably not. We're probably going to try to figure out. Uh, we're probably going to try to figure out things in the courts. We're going to be challenging the integrity of the election legally because we're not the kind of people who burn down cities. I mean, you know. The silent, the silent majority, you know, I think is bigger than ever before. You know, I really do. I mean, you know, and, and people are scared to talk about, uh, you know, whether or not they're voting for Trump. You know, I mean, there, there really is that fear, and it's sad because we live in the land of the free. I mean, America's about, you know, having uh, your own opinion and, and you know, free speech and being able to do what you want. I mean. It, but we have this mob all over us. I mean, for example, uh, one of the – this was an article in Breitbart today. Um, a Carolina Panthers uh, uh, announcer who, who's Spanish, who's a Hispanic, uh, is a Trump supporter, and he was forced to leave his job after all these years of doing the Carolina Panther uh, football games. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the kind of uh, culture we're living with. And, you know, um, Kanye West. I mean, we're looking at situations like Kanye West, who I absolutely adore. I respect him and love that guy. I think more than any human right now. I, what what he has done to shine light and what he has done to utilize and, and properly, um, you know, uh, with his how he's been able to properly um, just just get out the message with his platform. 
Um, I mean, it's like no other. I mean, I, I've, I've never seen anything um, like this. I mean, this guy is going to the extra level. Uh, he's he is the and, and this you know people whatever you know I I say what's on my mind and a lot of people agree with me, uh, but he is the modern day Martin Luther King and the modern day Malcolm X, and I'll tell you why because he he and he's actually more powerful, believe it or not. Uh, not only is does he have, not only does he have social media, uh, but his social media following uh, is the largest out of any uh, musician, out of any rapper. Uh, you can look that up. It's like over 30, 30 million followers. And, you know, this guy, uh, think about what he's had to endure, what he's had to, uh, you know, just kind of go through, and, and what kind of balls uh, that takes to really stand up to the to the cult, to the to the Hollywood, um, and I, I mean, too many people stay silent, you know, and, and how he's um, waking up the black community to uh, the reality of the real black lives that matter, which is the Planned Parenthood, which was designed originally uh, to decimate and erase uh, the black population, um, and um, you know, he's speaking on one of the most important issues of our lifetime. And, you know, think about all the people he's reaching. I mean, you know, the, the pro-life thing. And um, they're banning him on, on Twitter. They're banning him. They're, they're trying to call him crazy. Um, the, the, the left is terrified of him because uh, he has indicated that his whole campaign uh, is a spoiler, obviously, to take away votes from Biden. And, and, and I think people need to understand this. Cause, you know, some people do, but other people are like, Kanye, what are you doing? Like, especially people from the Trump side. But what Kanye is actually doing is he's helping Trump compete in blue states. I mean, think about the votes that are being taken away from Joe Biden in some of these areas, and they're basically being given to Trump because a vote for Kanye is a vote for Trump. No devoted black Trump supporter is going to vote for Kanye, but they're going to they're gonna appreciate what he's doing. I mean, we, we've appreciated him since day one. And, um, you know, I, I mean, it, it just goes to show, I mean, the guy's saying he, he's not going to make another record. He's not going to make another album. Um, he's going to uh, be, the, the, he, he claimed that, you know, he's going to be Moses. I mean, he's going he's gonna, to, you know, uh, deliver his, his message from God to humanity. And I, I just believe there's really something special here. And I, and I don't think enough people, I think there's a lot of people that are, are seeing it. But I don't think there's enough people that are seeing it. And, and I think that um, if anybody is going to convince the black community on what's wrong, it's somebody like that. Because Kanye is a guy that isn't one of those Hollywood people that say, just go vote for me because I say to do it. He actually lays down policy. You know, he, he, he acknowledges, he says in speeches how, you know, the Democrat people that black to vote Democrat are stuck on the plantation. You know, that, that uh, this whole slavery mentality, just because you're black, you know, you think you have to vote Democrat. You know, I mean, this guy, um, he comes from the hard parts of Chicago, um, you know, and he's made billions of dollars with a B outside of music. It, I mean, this, this guy's a, a smart businessman. Uh, I think I read he's the second richest black man in the world, in, wait, in the U.S. or in the world. Number one, I believe, was – I believe it was Michael Jordan, and then it was Kanye. So, I mean, Kanye – I mean, this guy is no dumb dumb. This guy knows what he's doing. 
And uh, they, I mean, they're just the way he's being treated, and you know, I, I, I just wish, I just wish that you know, people. It's just like the thing with Trump. You know, once he comes out supports Republicans, they delegitimize him. They do all this stuff, and you know, but in the, back in the day, before he would say anything about politics, they all loved him. You know what I mean? I mean, that was just kind of yeah, crazy. Exactly. Kanye was all over the head. Kanye was all over the headlines today, and I, you know, and he went on a tweet storm last night. And I'll <laughs> tell you, his brain is, is very eccentric. He's very creative, um, and, and he, he brings up a lot of good points. And I, I mean, don't don't forget this, Eric. When when he declared his support for Trump officially, I believe it was like 2017. Uh, black support jumped to over 30 percent. So if, I mean that's that's heavy influence right there. I mean that that's that's big time. And and you know what? I I um, I wish this guy the best. And you know, like there was a, an article uh, from the Wisconsin ballot the other day. Um, they didn't let him on uh, because he was 14 seconds late. And we all know Wisconsin is a huge battleground state, and they don't want Kanye taking away votes from Joe Biden somewhere like that. So, I mean, only 14 seconds late to deliver all your, all your um, signatures, and, and you're not going to put them on the ballot. And they're doing they're, – they're really – people don't see this enough, but they're scamming him out of certain states that are pivotal for Biden. Go ahead, though. Sorry, I don't want to Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And as far as as Kanye goes, yeah, he has tremendous reach. And and what they're doing, what these uh, I, I hate using the term uh, influencer, but I guess you know they are. Uh, and I give a lot of credit not only to Kanye, I give a tremendous amount of credit to Candace Owens, who I think has done more to yes, uh, bring bring the black community to to the realization that come to Jesus moment that these policies that have been in place for 50, 60 years have not worked, that if they were worth a damn, you wouldn't be living in poverty. You wouldn't have 72% of your community having children out of wedlock. You wouldn't have you know, one out of three young men under the age of 21 in some phase of the correctional system. You wouldn't have rampant crime. You wouldn't have uh, the problems that you have. Uh, and these are districts that belong to Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi and these liberals who stand on their platforms and do very little other than just point fingers at the other side. You know, I said on Twitter the other day that, uh, you know, grievance and victimhood, uh, as far as uh, it's concerned with uh, systemic racism, is a political boogeyman because it lets you as a Democrat cast blame upon others without ever having to do anything because, first and foremost, there's currency in your victimhood. Uh, you're rewarded. You're, you're given that social media credit for being a victim. I mean, you look at it. That's really the, the, the whole basis of a virtue signal is some kind of acknowledgement of, of victimhood, either your own or someone else's. And at the same time, as long as you keep people in that situation and as long as you can blame others for you being in that situation, you're going to keep your job. Hey, Systemic racism is keeping you down. The Republicans are racist. Vote for me. Okay, cool. And you have people like Candace right. Owens and Kanye who are going, whoa, wait a minute, guys, they're lying to you. And people are waking up to that fact. Right, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, many, many have said this, even before, even before Kanye got political, many have said that Kanye is arguably the greatest artist in his generation. I mean, it's, it's debatable, but many agree that he is. I mean, and it's, when you have that sort of power, when you have that sort of, you know, just, I mean, it, it, it carries weight. It carries a lot of value. And, you know, it's better that the black community hears it from somebody like him rather than, you know, you know, obviously Trump has done a very good job 
But, you know, I just think hearing it from a rich, a wealthy white guy, uh, the black community doesn't always want to, you know, get that sort of vibe. They want to hear it from somebody like Kanye, who came from the rough parts and actually lived what they're living in. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, hearing it from someone like Kanye, and, and you know, we have to uh, we have to appreciate that that you know, there are certain people that can speak to certain experiences, and I think um, yeah, you know, we have to acknowledge the fact that yeah, you know, Kanye West, uh, he has more credibility, he has more credence in the black community than so, than a white person would, and that's just God's honest truth. That's not racist. That's just uh, how it is. Right. I mean, uh, he, the the experience that Black Americans have had. Uh, you know, white Americans, Hispanic Americans, we all share in different experiences. We're all Americans, and we all right. share the greater American experience. But how you grow up, your socioeconomic status, uh, all those things affect the way you view the world. And someone like Kanye, who's actually lived it, uh, he's got that that currency, that social currency that he can use. And uh, it, that's why it's really good to have those voices. It's not like some politician, some, you know, Wally Whitebread who comes in every four years and goes, vote for me. And you know, goes to some uh, you know barbecue restaurant and eats uh, barbecued ribs, and you know, all of a sudden he's a man of the people. And these are guys that have lived the experience. So it's not like uh, Nancy Pelosi right. putting on a kente cloth and taking a knee. I mean, this is real. Uh, this is something more tangible than that. Absolutely, no, absolutely, one hundred percent. And and um, you know, I think you know, in terms of him. In terms of him running on some of these ballots, I, I really think it's going to make a difference uh, in terms of helping Trump. I mean, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, that's why so many, yes. so many of these swing states like Ohio and uh, Wisconsin were they blocked him from it. They don't want him on there because they know what it does. It's going to disrupt the, the Biden scenario. Yeah, hey, that's exactly it. Uh, but you know, again, um, the black community I think is going to come out in in full support of Donald Trump. I think that yep. uh, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, I honestly, do I just I think that the silent majority is sitting back and we're just kind of like watching and grinning and and watching them just destroy themselves, knowing full well what's going to happen November third. Now, my my question uh, and, and what's concerning is under normal circumstances, you'd have a blowout election. Donald Trump's pronounced the winner. Life goes on. I, you and I and everybody on this program and everybody listening knows that's not going to happen. Right. It's going to be, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty close. It's, no, I mean, I, I, it's not going to be a close. I, I think it's going to be a, a blowout for Trump, but the Dems are not right. going, they are going to fight well, this no, first and foremost. I didn't mean pretty close like that. Sorry. I didn't mean it like that. No, I've been saying landslide forever. What were you saying? Sorry. Yes. I was spacing out. Sorry. Well, okay. So I think it's it's going to be a Trump victory. I think he's going to pick up states that you never imagined he would. I think he's going to pick up Minnesota, perhaps among a few like others. Minnesota. But the problem is, yeah. yeah, like Minnesota. But the problem is, under normal circumstances in a normal political year, the loser of the election concedes and life goes on. We did it with Obama twice. We've done it in in our history. Hillary Clinton did it in 2016, but obviously that wasn't the end of it. We're still litigating the 2016 election. What's going to happen is as it looks, as the polls come in, as it looks like Donald Trump is the winner, you're going to see the night of the election, you're going to see cities start uh, going at it. You're going to see Antifa, BLM. You're going to see what you see. They start gathering in the streets. As it gets later, as more states come in, you're going to see the riots break out. 
And then these states are going to challenge the results. The Democratic states are going to challenge the results. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, the usual suspects, they're going to challenge the results. Uh, and Biden's not going to concede. And it may have to go to the Supreme Court like it did in 2000. No, I know. I know. And, and look, at, like, like I agree, Trump will definitely win Minnesota. I mean, look at just what, what happened there earlier. I mean, it's the report I read. I mean, there, there were two members of a GOP campaign that uh, is involved with Lacey, who is going against Omar, who were shot in Minneapolis. I mean, I mean, I believe, I mean, considering how radical Omar is, it would not shock me if this was planned. I mean, she's enabling violence. Uh, her whole campaign is all about violence. Uh, she's a communist. She's an evil person. And Lacey is a, a wonderful man. And uh, I sure hope he prevails. But uh, God bless his, his, the two people that were working for him that were shot. I mean, it's terrible. And, and, it, and it keeps happening. I mean, places that are defunding the police are, you know, they're experiencing uh, crime rates like never seen before. And they're telling uh, citizens that, oh, you're at your own risk. You're at your own risk. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, you know, the situation, no. you know, the situation in my, in my, where I'm from, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I haven't lived there in nine years, but Seattle uh, looks like a third world country. It's where I grew up, but it, I mean, it's just awful. I mean, it's terrible what these politicians have done. It's disgusting. And it's happening where they're defunding the police, where they're allowing communism to take over. And it's, it's not ending. It really isn't. Yeah. It's a failed state now. Same with Portland. Portland's never going to come back. It's going to be the next Detroit. No, I know. I know, Eric. I know, man. I mean, I, I just, um, I'm beside myself. I really am. I mean, you know, in terms of how, how do you see, let, let me ask you this as a lawyer and what we're dealing with this election, you know, with, with monitoring the booths and monitoring everything and having lawyers and, and investigators, everybody out there making sure everything goes accordingly, you know, what do you what what do you what do you see transpiring? Because I mean we're going to have to be extra extra cautious um, with this 2020 election with everything that's trying to be pulled. Um, I think that you got to have poll watchers. I think you got to have uh, you know. Hey, look, this is these are modern times. Everyone has the ability to make a viral moment. I think we all need to be citizen journalists. If you're at a polling place and you see something sketchy. If you're trying to pull up to park and you see 50 BLM or Antifa in the parking lot of your polling place, uh, and you know, I look, hey, I'm a pretty brash guy. I'm an unapologetic conservative. When I go vote, I got my MAGA hat on. I've got my most brash and obnoxious conservative shirt. Like I don't hide who I am one bit, and I've never had a problem. Thankfully, uh, you know, I live in uh, you know. West Broward County, which we are a blue county, but where I live is, is a little more Republican than not. But if you're at a polling place and you're in California or Oregon or wherever you may be, and you pull up to a polling place and there's Antifa and BLM there, get your phone out. Start recording that. Put that on Twitter. Put that on Instagram, wherever you are. Tag the president. Send it to anyone. We need to be, you know, you talk about, you know, General Flynn likes to call us his digital soldiers. Well, we got to mobilize and we got to use this technology and use this platform that we've all become a part of to spread information and let the powers that be know what's going on. So if you see something that shouldn't be happening, 
you need to you document it properly. Uh, I think we need to have poll watchers. I think that we need to count every ballot. I think the mail-in ballots are going to be a big issue. I think we need to cross-reference every mail-in ballot with the valid voter rolls and make sure that people are who haven't been dead for 50 years or cats or three-year-old children aren't voting. Those are the things we're going to have to do, and it's going to take some time. I don't think we're going to know the winner. I think we're going to think we know who the winner is on election night, but I don't think we're going to have a declared winner until probably the Supreme Court. No, I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, and I'll tell you this, you know, there, there was a, there was a poll that came out. There's going to be a lot of people that never even voted for Trump in 2016 or never even thought of, of doing it. But all of a sudden their mindset is have changed with all the violence, all the rioting, all the, the criminal activity. I mean, you know, this, this, this is going to be, uh, quite the quite the landslide, I will tell you. Um, there's no doubt about that. I mean, people people don't want to see all this crap that's going on in the streets. And, well, and was, you know, that was the single determining factor. That 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 was the turning point of this election. When when COVID was the number one issue, when COVID turned to civil unrest, and the Democrats rested on their laurels. They saw that happening, and they thought, oh boy, this is going to reflect poorly upon Trump. It's going to destabilize, make people right. scared. Uh, and when right. it backfired, that's why for the first time you hear him actually addressing it now. And they they didn't they didn't touch it at, at their convention. Trump made the whole focal point of his convention law and order. And, and, and what Trump has seized on that message. And, and, no, I hear you absolutely. And what bothers me the most, Eric, is when I I talk to voters and I say, well, what's your problem with Trump? Well, I don't like the way he talks. And I'm like, is that your only reason? I mean, give me a break. Would you rather have somebody blow smoke up your ass and lie to you? I mean, do you realize that Trump has delivered on 80% of his promises? Again, that's 80% within three years. I mean, that, that's beyond phenomenal. And these people, you know, are, are too focused on some people, not everyone, but some are still focused on the way he talks. Well, you know, I mean, it's, just, it's tough. You can't change some people. No, you absolutely cannot. Um, I get, you know, I, I get it from all sides. I get a lot. Uh, well, I, he's a racist. He's a racist. Well, how is he a racist? He said Mexicans are rapists. No, he didn't listen to the statement. He said Nazis are good people. No, listen to the statement. He said this. No, listen to the statement. What they do is they, they listen to Donald Trump and they parse out the little piece of it and they make a soundbite. And that's what they hear. They didn't hear the entire statement that he made. He didn't say Mexicans are rapists. He never said Nazis are good people, but no one wants to hear it in full context. Bottom line is that we're all viewing things through our own lens. We're living in giant echo chambers, and confirmation bias is a real thing. And if you think Donald Trump is a racist, everything he says, everything he does is going to be viewed through that lens. And that's just, the, that's just how we're living right now. And maybe both sides are equally guilty of it, but we're, just, we're, we're way too polarized. I think we're too polarized uh, for reconciliation. I think we need something to happen. I don't know whether we, you know, whether a war is a good thing. I don't certainly don't want it or some kind of secession. I don't know. I don't see how we, how we reconcile from this. I don't see the Democrats on election night going, Oh, well, we tried. Like that's not going to happen. We, we got to be realistic. And a lot of people want to be optimistic, but we got to be realistic. Yes. I think Trump's going to win, but these are not going to be easy months and even a year to follow. We still got the whole COVID nonsense we're dealing with. Uh, which we don't know when life's going to return to normal. 
We still have our own government, our own governors and local officials locking us down and preventing us from living life as normal. And, and to top it all off, we have massive civil unrest. I think what happens when Trump wins the election, I think he's going to invoke the Insurrection Act election night. I think the minute he knows he's reelected, I think he's like, okay, you know, new boss in town. I think he's, he's, he's playing defense right now because he has to. He knows he has to win re-election. He knows that if he unleashes the military on these rioters, that it's the optics are not going to be good for him. He knows what he has to do. He's playing the game, but at the same time, um, he's not going to let this go on once he's got that second term locked down. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eric, um, thank you, man, for uh, really being with us tonight. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Well, thank you, Rory. I always love being on the show. And, and guys, Rory's going to be a guest on my show this Saturday, the 19th, Bob and Eric Save America. We're on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook Live, also on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Eric M. Matheny. I do have a parlor account. I rarely use it, but it's the same handle, at Eric M. Matheny. Never had a Facebook account, and I don't even know what Instagram is, so don't try to find me there. All righty, my friend. Well, really good having you on, and we will talk soon. Thank you. Take care, buddy. I want to welcome to the show. I believe we have with us, we have the uh, CEO of Valcor Worldwide, Dave Sussman. Dave, how are you? Good, Rory. How are you? Uh, doing very well, man. It's great to have you here. Um, obviously, you've had a great career and uh, quite, the, uh, quite the resume. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, we do business turnaround, restructuring, capital acquisition for small to medium-sized businesses that are in trouble. Uh, I've been doing this since 1994, and we're working right now with a lot of different folks that uh, approximately a third of small businesses, and there's 30 million small businesses in the United States are on the verge of closing their doors right now because of the lockdowns by specific governors in specific counties across the country. So it's a tough time. Um, the economy is mixed. We're definitely improving in some sectors, and in some other sectors, we're probably not going to hear much news about that uh, until post-election because everything right now is COVID and the election. But uh, it's it's a very, very tough time for the small business community. No, I hear you. And, and kind of tell us what you're, you know, the stuff you're working on and, and all these, you know, obviously there's a lot of hardships. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, things that are broken and uh I'm sure you guys are doing a lot of a lot of repairing. Um, people are struggling. Um, you know, there at one point there were over 40 mil, 40 million people unemployed. I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah, well, the the unemployment numbers have definitely come down. Our last uh, unemployment read at the end of August, we came down to 8.4%, which is great news, and Trump certainly deserves to tout that. However. You know, I'm, I'm, when it comes to the economy, I mean, I, I definitely believe that uh, free markets and, and uh, lower regulations and lower taxes benefit everybody across the board, and they do. That's proven. But when it comes to the economy, I have to look at it through the lens of, of what is actually happening. And a third of those numbers that, uh, that was being touted last month were the unemployment numbers. About 1.3 million people went back to work. Well, a third of them, a third of them were government workers. Most of those government workers were census workers, the door-to-door -door knockers. And so, you know, we've got we've to call it what it is. Um, and uh, the, the reality is, is that this is a time, if you, if you own Amazon stock, if you own Walmart, you're doing very, very nicely. 
Um, but if you've got main street businesses, retail shops, restaurants, uh, and, and the like, um, we're, you're in for a world of hurt right now. And that's, that's exactly what we do at Valcor as far as helping those businesses and turn them around and keep them alive. Well, I love it. I love it. I love what you're doing. And, and, and tell us, um, in terms of how you foresee the market, you know, the rebound, I mean, obviously, like you said, we already are starting to see a comeback, but, uh, do you see the next couple quarters being pretty damn strong? It depends upon which sectors that you're looking at. So if you are in any way uh, involved with uh, logistics, you know, uh, Amazon, for example, is the big granddaddy of them right now. If you're shipping, you're doing very, very well. Uh, the, 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 the dichotomy is that if you are involved in anything to do with commercial real estate, you are about to enter a probably two to three year massive challenge for yourself. Uh, commercial real estate is emptying out in cities all across the country. Uh, what we have done, Rory, in the past six months you think it's is collapse? we you think have. Another, you think another real estate collapse is coming? I think so. I think I think it's going to be different even, even than though, what we saw though, in 2008. Real, real quick, even real quick, even though it's it's a big buyer's market right now, you think that's going to slow down? Uh, it's well, it's, it depends upon where you're talking about. So, you know, the fact is, is that there are specific areas of the country that are in a lot of trouble and there's other areas that are relatively unscathed. So if you're in a city urban area right now, you're in big, big trouble. Uh, we're, we're seeing the Detroitification of our inner cities. I mean, just look at New York. You, you've, you've got rents now at 50%. This is only six months. At 50% what they were six months ago, and they can't lease them. And you're seeing that in other cities across the country because people want to get the heck out of Dodge. So if you're, if you're in New York and you're in, in the inner city, you know, you're, you're, you're in big trouble because of the fact that, let's say, for example, Barclays Bank decides that only 70 60, 50, whatever the number is, ultimately a percent of their workers need to come back. Well, think about that. If there's 100,000 people that were getting on a subway train or car to go to their offices every day or whatever city it is, Miami, Denver, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and, and those people are no longer doing it because the company has realized that, you know what, why do we need to pay everybody to, to, to be housed in this corporate setting when they're being just as productive at home and we don't, uh, we, we don't need to pay for all this expensive office space. Well, those people not going to that expensive office space are also not getting dry cleaning done down the street. They're not going to the bars and restaurants at lunch and after work for happy hour. So it's a domino effect, and you'll see that in the inner cities. However, if you're living in Westchester, New York, or Long Island, New York, or in the suburbs of Miami or whatever it is, those areas are doing okay because people are going out to the suburbs. But, you know, that's, that's the dichotomy with all of this right now. So it really is going to be very selective and based upon where you are. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, it, it's, you're right. I mean, because I'm in Arizona. So Arizona is a very hot buying market right now. But you're right. Like places like New York City or Chicago or, you know, uh, you know San Francisco. I mean, they're, they're in some – in, they're in for some hurt and for some hard times and definitely uh, a lot of um, – definitely going backwards. I mean, I, I can only imagine. Because 
a lot of these people can't, you know, they haven't been, a lot of these people can't afford their rent. A lot of people can't, you know, uh, afford uh, to survive after all of this, you know, uh, all these layoffs. I mean, there's, you know, obviously, like you said, there are, there are jobs coming back, but there's still a significant amount of people that are, you know, uh, living, uh, you know, just in in a terrible situation. Um, And and it's crazy how, you know, all these people struggling and the Democrats uh, are playing partisan politics with not passing this stimulus uh, bill, you know, and and it would, it would benefit so many different people. And um, it's just, it's it's terrible. I mean, these people get paid, you know, regardless, these politicians, but they're leaving all these less fortunate people uh, hostage. It's, it's, it's disgusting. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, they're definitely playing politics, but this whole thing with COVID has been political since the very beginning. We know this. The Democrats are doing everything that they possibly can to try to, uh, you know, lower economic successes by this president because they know that's his strongest suit. However, let me say this. Because while I don't know of any other option right now than to float the economy with liquidity by borrowing more money. So as I say this, it's not like I have the magic you know, uh, answer to this. But we are barreling towards $27 trillion in debt. $27. No, now, when, when Obama came into office in 2008, we were just around $10 trillion. Conservatives absolutely were incredulous when he doubled that in eight years. What took 250 years to build to $10 trillion, Obama doubled in eight years, and conservatives were correctly outraged. It's now four years later, and we're at $27 trillion. So at this rate right now, and this is before a new stimulus package goes through, so, and that's, of course, not including the Federal Reserve balance sheet. So the question is, and I spoke with Stephen Moore about this. He's a White House economic advisor on, on uh, Trump's economic recovery task force. Yeah. And I asked him point yeah. blank. I said, what is the president's plan in being able to – what are we looking at here? Because we can't keep going like this. Are you going to have to – implement austerity measures are you going to have to raise taxes which this president is against because right now we're approximately at a hundred percent of gdp as far as what our debt is i I, you can't i mean what happens with countries that do this they become third world and so you know and i know the left are trying to do that right now with with their social policies trying to create a third world you know defund the police and everything else that we have to answer this. And, you know, the alternative is, is Joe Biden. He'll only make the situation dramatically worse. So I'm not raising this as an issue to say that, you know, the fact is, though, is that this administration needs to address this because when you and I, in 2022 and 2023, go down to the local Skater Brothers and want to buy a loaf of bread or, or, or steak, instead of it costing five, seven, ten dollars or whatever it is, it's going to cost triple that. That's called inflation because you're devaluing the dollar. And we're now at a point, there's a reason, Rory, that gold is at uh, record highs. And some people are saying it's going to probably go up three, four times from there. I don't know. I'm not a gold bug. But, but there's a reason for that. 
because people in the know are deeply, deeply concerned about the fact that we're printing funny money. Weimar Republic, Zimbabwe, everybody knows what I'm talking about there. They were carrying wheelbarrows of cash around to buy firewood. It was worth more than firewood that they were buying, the money. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was easier to just light that on fire and keep yourself warm because it's, it's cheaper than uh, buying firewood. So, you know, I'm not suggesting we're going down that road, but you know what? Other countries have, and we can't continue to do this. So, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, they're playing politics with this. They, they, they're holding hostage our children from going back to schools. They're holding hostage the, the stimulus bill because they want to implement their leftist Marxist causes. I get that. But we've got to figure out another way here to try and get us out of this. And the only way, the only way we can do this is an article I wrote in Real Clear Markets last week is open everything up 100%. Now, now let me ask you this. Is, isn't it remarkable to you how the stock market um, is just the way it's performing, you know, just despite all uh, we've had to endure and, and all the, just the terrible hardships and, I mean, and that's a good sign. It's a good indication, right? I mean, record numbers. Well, record numbers it, listen, if you, if you own, if you have a 401k or you're in the stock market, you have an IRA or whatever it is, of course you're happier when it's at 27, 28, 30,000 than, than when it's at 18. But the, the stock market, let's be honest about this. The stock market has been decoupled from Main Street. Okay, roughly 10, 15%, whatever the number is, of people have any significant stocks in this country. So you can't use the stock market. And listen, again, I support this president. I support his policies. But I cringe every time the president comes out and tries to use the stock market as a barometer of a good economy. Because 15% of of, of people out there are benefiting from it. 85% have no idea what's going on. And it doesn't represent the economy, Rory. Okay, Main Street, a third of Main Street is being demolished as we speak right now. A third. You know, Yelp just came out with an article yesterday. You can find it on CNBC. CNBC wrote an article that said that Yelp is showing that 60% of their restaurant listings have closed for good. Six zero. You tell me when the stock market is going up because they're looking forward to the future and Microsoft is doing well and Amazon is doing well, the FANG stocks are doing well, Facebook, Apple, Google. Yeah, they're doing great. Tech op, you know, the tech titans have, have monopolies. Walmart's doing great. Amazon is doing great. But talk to me about the restaurant owner. Talk to me about the retail shop owner that's invested her whole livelihood and, and, and 10, 20, 30 years into building a business, and she can no longer open her doors because of Gavin Newsom or uh, Cuomo or whoever it is. That's my biggest concern. So we have to be honest it about it. And doesn't that drive you nuts? I mean, we've, we've, we've dealt with so much worse in society than this scamdemic. And, you know, we didn't shut down the economy. I mean, lives were ruined over partisan political bullshit. I mean, we all know this was a setup. And it's the nastiest, the most. I mean, it, it, it caused more lives than, than 9-11. Let's face it. I mean, 
suicide rates are up. Um, you know, I, all these different drug overdoses. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. Depression. Um, I mean, more people died from the effects of being taken out of their daily routine than they actually did of the virus. I mean, something that has a 99.9% survival rate, I mean, it's so pathetic, and it bothers me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and listen, I I mean, I just had this discussion with my sister because, you know, a a lot of people are really freaked out over this. And real quick, I I just want to say real quick, look at Sweden. They never shut down their economy, and they're fine. They actually did better than most areas that shut down. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. And, and, and at first, everybody on the left was trying to use Sweden to say, hey, look, they didn't shut down and look at all the deaths they got. Their death count right now on average is much, much lower than the average across Europe. And guess what? They didn't destroy their economy. But my, my, my point was is that I just had a discussion with my sister on this who, who's very concerned. She's very freaked out. A lot of people are. A lot of people have they, they've allowed this to um, normal good people, Democrat Republicans alike. They, they, they unfortunately they've been held hostage by their local news and the mainstream news, and they, the TV's on all day, and they can't seem to turn it off, and they can't seem to disassociate what the news is saying from reality. And the fact is, is that it has impacted their lives. It's impacted relationships. It's impacted business. It's impacted romance. It's impacted almost every area of our lives, especially our children. And the point is, is this, is that there's a CDC report that came out last week. I don't believe COVID is a hoax. Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that are saying this whole thing is a hoax. 200,000 people have died. However, the CDC report that came out last week that said 6% of them died only because of COVID. In other words, the 94% of those people, 94%, okay, so 6% of 200,000 is 12,000 people. So let's say 188,000 people, half of them, half of them died because of policies that were implemented by corralled in with other people in hospitals and nursing homes. Thanks, Cuomo. Thanks, Newsom. Okay, but they were all suffering from pre-existing conditions or having other issues, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, all the different issues that are normally obviously going to be a challenge to begin with. And COVID basically came in and their defense systems were down because of their other diseases that they had. And so they died and they called it a COVID death. Let's be real here, folks. Again, it's not a hoax. But I am not going to stop my life because 0.053% of the population has died from this thing. That means that 99.947% of the population didn't. And we shut down right. the economy over this. It's the biggest mistake in, 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 in world history. It's ridiculous. I mean, you can't even... I just can't even, I can't even take it. I mean, it it drives me nuts. Um, I'll tell you though, man, uh, do we, do we have a lot to look forward to? I mean, do you see, do you have a lot of optimism? I mean, in terms of, you know, how you foresee things just in general, I mean, with small businesses and, 
you know, when we were talking, we were obviously talking about real estate earlier, but just with small businesses and all these mom and pop shops, obviously we've seen some of them close down, you know, for the first time after being in business for 30, 40 years. I mean, where, how do we fix this and where do we, where do we go from here? I'm a, I'm a half full glass, half full guy. You know, you and I have spoken before, and, and, I, and I like to look, you know, Monty Python song, I like, always like to look on the bright side of life, okay? And, and if, you, if you haven't seen Life of Brian, by the way, everybody needs to see that. So uh, that's when, when the guy was on the, on the crucifix, he started singing that song. My, my attitude has always been that there are, you know, it, it's, it's Ronald Reagan, Okay. You know, the sun always rises in the, in, in the West, and, and, and we have to look to the West for that. But at the same time, we've got 18, 24, 36 months of pain coming, depending upon which sector of the economy that you're in. We will get out of it. Right. We will survive this. Right. And I truly believe right. that a lot of that is going to be based upon the election. Right? Right. So, you yeah. know, if the election... And, 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 and I was listening to your previous guest, and, and, I, and I second, you know, what you guys are talking about. My biggest worry right now isn't the Durham report not coming out, isn't, uh, you, know, uh, you know, COVID. My biggest worry right now is voter fraud, and that is being promulgated by the left. There are states around the country that have never done vote by mail before. They've done absentee ballots, but they've never done vote by mail. So we are, in essence, doing a dress rehearsal or a dry run for the real thing for many states. And the Democrats and the left know this. In 2018, Rory, seven Republicans won their House seats in the state of California that over the next few days to few weeks, and in one case over a month, those races were overturned because of voter harvesting, and they found pallets of ballots randomly in warehouses and in, in you know, backs of trucks. That is legal in the right. state of California. Well, what we're, what we're going to witness starting on November the 4th, and it may last 6, 8, 12 weeks, I don't know, is that the legal, the, the, the lawyers are going to try to win this election in the courts because they are going to be finding ballots everywhere. And that is my biggest concern. If the election goes in the wrong way, I'm telling you right now, dark days are ahead. Yeah, and you've, you've had a very successful career with uh, Fortune 500 companies, and, you know, you created, you know, various business, businesses on, on Wall Street. So you're very familiar with, you know, with, with what's going on with the market. Um, Dude, I really love having you on. I could talk to you all day. I want to bring you back soon. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. So, yeah, if, you're, if, if you have a business or you know somebody that has a business that's in trouble, find us at Valcor Worldwide, Biz and Victory, A-L-C-O-R, Worldwide.com. And if you're looking to provide our service locally as a business consultant, we're training people now. We need help. And uh, depending upon where you are in the country, we can, we can train you and uh, get you set up in your own business, helping other businesses as well. Again, you can find out about that at ValcorWorldwide.com. I love it. I love it. 
God, God bless you, man. Thank you for coming on, and let's uh, let's talk soon. Let's get you back. Thanks, Roy. Appreciate your time. Take care. All right, man. Take care. Um, I want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us right now. Um, we have... We have U.S. Congressional Candidate and Founder of FreedomFairElection.org, uh, Tim Fazenbaker. Tim, welcome back. How are you, buddy? Rory, I'm doing so well, and I'm hoping you're doing so well. Great show, and um, I'm just happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you here, man. It's been a while. What's new? What's What's been going on? What's the 411? What have you been working on? So, yeah, the, so piggybacking off of your prior guest, with these elections uh, and the ballots, yeah. it's part of the reason why I started freeandfairelection.org. It was to get out the message right. to other states. You know, I've been doing things in Florida and different states and saying, look, this is what's going to happen. So as an example, uh, in Maryland, we had somehow received 100,000 ballots that were for South Carolina, and how – do ballots from South Carolina end up in Maryland? If you're not familiar, it's, you know, maybe 800 miles away. And if you have these things going on, and you were talking about New Jersey, how they're mysteriously finding ballots, um, the whole thing is yeah. a, a scam, and, and people need to be aware of that. So, but also what's been going on in Baltimore, and, and this has been great, is really over, over the time that we, we've talked in the past, you know, what I was trying to do was really lay the groundwork to have people in, on, on the front lines in these urban communities, like you were talking about Kanye West, you know, stand up and, and fight because it's easier if they're living right there and their neighbors are there. there there's a connection with them that, that if you're not living there, you don't have. So I, Baltimore is yeah. now – And, they find, they find, and they hear, hear, and here's the thing, Tim. People like Kanye West they find as a big threat because he, they know he has such a huge audience and huge reach. Yeah that, you know, he can definitely make a difference, and that the Democrats don't want that. They want to keep exactly. the blacks in poverty. That's right, and this is the opportune time for conservatives across the nation to stand, you know, stand up and work with these communities because, you know, like the black community historically has been a very conservative group of people, but they've always voted Democrat to pass. What, yeah, what, and, what, and, and, and yeah. And look at where you are, Tim. I mean, you're in a you're in an area that's heavily, you know, uh, involved, invested uh, with you know a lot, lot, lots of lots of crime. You know, and there's a lot a lot of bad situations that uh, play out every single day on those streets. I mean, it it's not a uh, a pleasant scene uh, in in Baltimore and in a lot of these parts of Maryland and. And, you know, the black community has been taken advantage of for all these years. Uh, they've been used as political pawns. And, you know, we've seen the streets of Baltimore and all these representatives and how they don't care and how they just, you know, enrich themselves and, and they, don't, they don't do anything for their people. That's exactly right. And, and so what we've laid out in, in this, which my mindset was to always make Baltimore the blueprint on how we're going to flip these cities – uh, it was that right. we now have not Americans that happen to be black running in Baltimore City for city council positions and city council president for the mayor. You know, it's so many different positions, and this it's the most in in the entire nation. President Trump has even stood up and said, 
he's aware now that Baltimore, the, the Baltimore Republicans that happen to be black, it's now a record. So we're working with these communities, you know, and not everybody is as conservative as, as you or myself, but they have core principles. You know, a lot of them, they say no, you know, no abortion or no funding abortion, lowering our taxes, school choice, having that money follow the student, supporting police because these communities are the ones that really need the police. You figure there's a 70-year-old lady living in these, in these neighborhoods. She's not typically causing crime, but she's the one that has to rely on police to he- handle the, the drug interactions that are going on and the gang, gang things that are going on in these areas. So, so many people now in, in cities like Baltimore are standing up and saying, we're going to fight. and we're gonna, it, The whole paradigm of what it means to be a Republican, a conservative, and, and a Democrat, it's all shifting. And I think we're living through history, and a lot of it has to do with Donald Trump. So we're very, very happy. Uh, and, and when Donald Trump, he showed up at Fort McHenry in Maryland uh, during the convention, and a lot of these you know, black Republicans were there, and Donald Trump took a, took a minute, spoke with them, and let them know he knows their name, and he's rooting for them, and he wants them to win because this is how we're going to flip cities. Now, in Arizona – I've told you before, it's, it's one of my favorite states. I'm a Baltimore guy, born and bred. But in Arizona, you know, you're seeing other things where you have these, you know, people fleeing California and leaving those liberal policies, and then they're bringing them there. What we're trying to do is, on the front line, is have people that are in these communities fix what's going on right there. And, and so we don't have this issue where people are creating a mess and then taking that mess somewhere else. We want to fix it right where it is. Absolutely, 100%. No, I agree with you. I, I agree. I agree, Tim. And, and you know, we're, we are um, definitely, um, I mean, it's, it's just a matter, it's like it's so close to the election. I mean, I can't believe it's less than two months away. And, um, yeah. you know, the debate's coming up. What, what are your whole thoughts on the debate's coming up? No, I've said for, since the beginning there's going to be some kind of way that Biden and Democrats get out of out of this um, debate situation. You know, I, I just can't see how they're going to present Biden on the stage with Donald Trump. But there, there's the possibility that they could say, well, you know, he's he's going to have to debate from a Zoom or a virtual setting, which could open it up for all kinds of. You know, cheating or in a sense where he's got flashcards or he's got people in his ear. You know, America, they're not, Americans aren't stupid. We know those little tricks can happen. We want to see mano a mano on a stage, and we want to be able to, to determine, is Joe even competent enough to be president? And the majority of us know he's not. This is actually going to be a Harris administration pulled with strings being pulled by George Soros or somebody else. So, you know, we want we want to see this, um, and for entertainment purposes, I know so many conservatives that want to see this because we know that Joe is a train wreck right now, and, and it's sad because you know my father has dementia and I've seen this, and and Joe is suffering from mental disabilities at this point in his life. You know, I I, I was a former executive of mental health. I'm very you know from what I can see, Joe is suffering from some form of senility or, or dementia. And it's sad that he's being pushed out there and, and propagated as, as basically a figurehead. Um, and, and we know what's going on. So I think the debate 
will happen somehow, but it's not going to be a traditional debate. And that, that's unfortunate because, again, it's, it's the Democrats, it's the anti-Americans, which is now what I'm calling them, that are just doing whatever they can to get power. These managerial elites want power over anything else. And they don't care about you know winning over your hearts and minds. They just want to do what it takes to get in power and opt and obviously just eliminate opposition like us, people who have supported freedom and supported uh, America and, and since its since its concept that the people can live a free life and do whatever they want with their God-given free life and not not worry about people dictating what has to happen. So. The debates will happen, but it's be it's going to be something different. But I would love to see it one on one with with Joe and, and Donald on stage. It's, it would be amazing. Yeah, it, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I kind of want to shift a little bit. You know, we we always have that October surprise. I mean, that, that's usually like a big thing, and I, I don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to be. I mean, that we have so many different distractions right now politically. Um, you know, but, and, you know, just, just so many different things. I mean, there's people that want to start war with us. There's, you know, China that, you know, is in a battle with us. And now, now we got Iran, uh, threatening us, um, because I I don't know if you know this, but, uh, their oil right now is only worth 20 billion back in 2011. It was worth like 130 billion. And they yeah. have suffered so bad because of the sanctions, and uh, now they're making threats about taking out some of our people, um, especially one of our, I believe it was one of the ambassadors, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, think, it was the other day. Yeah, it's it's that, crazy. That, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to try to get us into a war just to mess with Trump? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 re- I read about how India now and China are going at it because um, – India is becoming the new China in terms of manufacturing, and China's mad at India because uh, the U.S. is using India a lot more for various things, including, including pharmaceuticals, um, manufacturing a little more, which I think India is a, a way better solution. I think Indian products are fantastic. I love, I love the people of India and, and everything that they um, stand for. It's, it's a great, it's a great, um, a great atmosphere. But, uh, but, no, I, I mean, it's just weird. It's weird everything that's going on. And then Kim Jong-un, you know, uh, firing missiles again and meeting with the president of China. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it's all at once. And then, you know, it's just crazy because we really have to pay attention to what's going on overseas because, I mean, they're all kind of in some way, shape, or form uh, in bed together, and they're always doing some sort of deal. I mean, it, it's dirty stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's definitely going to be – something but the democrats have pushed and pushed with all these outrageous stories that are fabricated from the russia collusion to you know to everything that it's there's not going to be as much of an effect when they say something at this point it's like the boy who cried wolf however right. they could do something where they they try to hit at trump's face by bringing in some kind of war because let's let's face it trump has been one of the only presidents that has not got it into war of some sort at all in, in his you know first four years in office, and I thank him for that. And so they got they got to do something. But you know here in Baltimore, it's like with, with these October surprises, you, know, you have people like um, you, you're probably familiar with Kim Klasik now. 
she's been putting out in the videos here. Um, you know, they're yeah. they're coming out privately, and with with her as an example, like she's a former stripper. She married the strip club owner, and um, she's not she's not well liked in the urban community. Yeah, and but like her <laughs> opponent, Ume, who was the head of the NAACP and was the prior congressman before Elijah Cummins, who died. You know, right. he's still going to come out and attack her on these things. Yet he's got all this baggage for his allegations of what happened when he was running the NAACP and, and, and these sexual things. But it doesn't matter because the press won't stick those things to, to the Democrats. But they, they will go after the Republicans with this stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Democrats come up with something on Trump still where it'll be, you know, that they are just, just as culpable, I mean, just, just as much to blame for something, but they'll shift it. And they've been great at doing this stuff because they have the media at their disposal to do this stuff. So some kind of October surprise will come. I do think it's going to be something yeah. more international because they, they've played out so many national things with Trump that I, people won't – I don't think people will get it. Democrats are smart. I have to give them credit. Right. Understand right. how to play no, the game. They're going yeah, to no, do I something. They're, 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 yeah, they're very sneaky. They're very tricky. Um, I, you know, I, I love having you on with us, man. I really do. And, and tell everybody – um, how they can get involved with your your company, uh, the the fair elections, which is great. I mean, you guys are doing a lot to make sure that everything goes accordingly. And obviously, you're going to be running for Congress again. Yeah, yeah. You can find me at freeandfairelection.org. Uh, you can also find me at timfazenbaker.com, or you can find me at timfaze.com since I have a long last name. Um, I'm all over social media. I'm on all the things except Parlor. I'll get on there soon. But, um, you know, I, I welcome everybody to help um, any way they can um, and, and join, join me in different battleground states because my focus now is to make sure these battleground states like Pennsylvania right here stays red. Uh, it's important and imperative that we do this now. So, you know, please reach out, freeandfairelection.org or tenfazemaker.com. Absolutely, my friend. Stay with us. We've still got more left in the show. And, by the way, um, I, I'm excited for what you're doing, and, and, and you know, this is a great program uh, that you put forth, and um, it's it's more pivotal than ever. I mean, obviously, with this election coming up. So thank you. Thank you for this, you know, service, man. Thank you, Roy. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. New delicious tastes like whiskey flat-iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Fridays, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. 
Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have the founder of Freedom First Network and also uh, the founder of American Conservative Movement, Jeff Dornick. Jeff, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing? Doing very well, man. What's going on? What's new? Uh, obviously, uh, you, you're a busy man. you got a lot going on. Uh, give us the 411, man. It's been a while. And, and by the way, God bless yeah. you, man. Thank you for yeah. having me on your network. I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are doing a lot of, uh, you know, huge, uh, huge things. There's a, lot, a bright future ahead, a lot of, a lot of optimism. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have to have added your show to the network and, and all of that as well. It's been it's been a lot of fun putting all this together. Um, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, I've been you know crazy busy putting a lot of things together. You know, one of the really big projects I've been working on is uh, we're working on publishing a book called Church and State: How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America, and it's kind of a group project that we put together with um, a bunch of different authors, including uh, like Pastor Greg Locke, Denise McAllister, Dr. Michael Brown, Pastor Kerry Gordon, just a bunch of different people. And basically, what we're looking at is how. Obviously, we can all see the left is literally trying to destroy America from within, 
and right now that we yeah. can see they've already pretty much conquered the political world, the, edu- the education system, entertainment, mainstream media. And the final stand right now, I believe, is the, is the evangelical church and religion. Um, and what we're seeing is that they've even infiltrated that into where they're, they're pulling that more progressive, pulling that to the left. And so what we're taking a look at with this book is actually diving into, okay, what's the strategy? How are they doing this? And then how can we combat that? So that's really been kind of my main big project I've been working on right now. I love it, man. I love, I love it. Amen, amen. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of big things in the headline. Something I, I, I did not get to tonight, which, which is really kind of bothering me, um, is this whole Breonna Taylor thing. They just gave her family $12 million in Louisville. And don't forget, I mean, th- this woman was defending a, 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 a drug lord, criminal, who had a warrant out for his arrest. You know, I mean, this whole situation could have been avoided. But, you know, if if the boyfriend really loved her and cared about her, he wouldn't have let her get – he wouldn't have, you know, uh, allowed her to get shot. I mean, this was was a ridiculous scenario. Um, You know, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And she should have never been harboring uh, a fugitive uh, who, who, you know, obviously his his, um, crime record was like a damn novel. But, I mean, this is mind-blowing, man. I mean, $12 million of taxpayer money. And this, this is just – it's all based on a false fictional narrative. Black Lives Matter is based on lies. Jacob Blake is a lie. Breonna Taylor's a lie. Trayvon Martin's a lie. Michael Brown's a lie. George Floyd's a lie. I mean, do I have to keep going on? I mean, this should frustrate anybody who thinks with a sane brain – and is not living in an alternate universe or delusional. I mean, this is out of control. I mean, when did this become acceptable that just because somebody's skin color, uh, they're an automatic victim? I mean, what, what are we living in? I mean, are we living in a twilight zone? Help me out here, man. Jeff, come on. Yeah, well, okay. so, so, ba- so essentially what they're doing, and, and, we, and I think to a certain degree we as conservatives, and essentially as Americans too, we have to kind of take a step back. And we got to look at the big picture. And I think a lot of times it's really easy for all of us to get caught up in, in the nuances of, of each individual case and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's what the left wants us to do, right? Because that's how they can distract us. They can, they can have us focus on these individual things, and then, and then they'll go out and they're essentially taking over the country. I think we yeah. got to take a step and back. We've got to look at the, we gotta look at the divide, that's, that's, Jeff, that's their tactic. They divide us by race. That's what the left does. That's what they, that's what they want. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely, and, and I think and I think what we got to understand is that this is all systematic, and you know, kind of like what I was talking about with the premise of our of uh, the book with Church and State. Like essentially, the left has taken over the mainstream media. They've taken over entertainment. They've taken over all of these different facets. And then what we're seeing is that truth doesn't matter anymore. Now, truth is now subjective. It's no longer objective, and that's a major problem that we have in America today, to where for them, truth is whatever we can do in order to accomplish our goals. It's not, it has nothing to do with what really happened. What, what matters is how can we get rid of Donald Trump? What matters is how can we systematically destroy America, take away our constitution, and then rebuild it in, in their own vision of socialism and utopia, which in all reality, all that's going to do is 
make everything worse that they claim that they're going to supposedly fix. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right, Jeff. And, um, you know, this is a time, you know, that is beyond dysfunctional. I've, I've never seen delusion to this extreme. I mean, these people, and I, and I blame a lot of this on, the, on, you know, not all of it on Obama, but, you know, a lot of it on his policies. I mean, you know, he uh, came off and, and portrayed a narrative that everybody deserved a trophy. Everybody was, in, was entitled to uh, stuff that they didn't earn. And, you know, I mean, all these people are becoming animals in the streets. You know, I mean, they're, they're destroying stuff. They're looting. They're rioting. Um, and, you know, it, and they're, it's, just, it's insane. And then they want, they want to blame it on Donald Trump. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, well, well the, the thing, the thing that we got to understand, again, because, you know, I am a Christian and, you know, I have got both Freedom First Network, which is secular, and then I've also got the Gatekeepers Podcast Network, which is, you know, strictly Christian and things like that. So I kind of have my foot in both worlds. Um, but looking at it from a Christian perspective, it's really interesting because then we start getting into, like, end times prophecy and eschatology right. and things like that. And, you know, and so one yeah. of those aspects that we're really seeing is this globalist push. Um, is, which is essentially establishing the one world government that's, that's prophesied in the book of Revelation. Now, the one thing that I'll say is looking at history, one of the things that we see is we see Satan has always been trying to conquer this world, and he's always done it with an empire, right? You can look at the Babylonian Empire, the Roman Empire, um, all the way up to Great Britain, all the way up to um, you know, even like Nazi Germany. And they always got really close. To, to establishing that one world government, one world religion, one world currency, and then God was like, yeah, you know what? It's yeah. not time yet. And I believe that this time there was a different strategy where they were trying to they were trying to accomplish this from within. So they infiltrated the United States, they infiltrated uh, Europe, and all these different countries, and they were trying to unify us all. And I think that 2016 came around, and Trump was elected, and God was like, yeah, you know what? It's not time yet. It's not time for the end times. And then Brexit, and then Brexit happened. Same thing. And I think that right now what we're seeing is we're seeing those pains of the globalists, the leftists, um, and essentially Satan holding on for everything that, that they've got. They're trying to throw everything they, that they can at Trump. They're trying to throw everything that they can at God to try to make it to where they can finally succeed. And I think what's happening right now is God saying, yeah, you know what? It's not time yet. You guys are going to lose this time around. Try again next time. And I think that that's what's happening right now. And I'll tell you what, Jeff, I, I look at what they're doing. They're taking God, the left is taking God out of everywhere, the schools, society, and they're basically replacing it with satanic ideology. And that's not what we want in America. That's not what America's about. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that this shows that this is, this is more than just a fight over Donald Trump. Because, I mean, think about it. Donald Trump's not the most conservative president we've ever had, or he's not. He's not. He's also. He's not the most conservative, um, you know, even candidate that was running this la- this last time around, right? Um, he's kind of a pragmatic guy. You know, he loves America. He's patriotic, but he's not necessarily like by the book the most conservative. But the outrage at him, I think, is what he represented, and he represented a, a destruction of the deep state. He he represented a destruction of essentially the, uh, the, the dirty games, the, um, the pedophilia rings, the sex trafficking, all this kind of stuff. He represented coming in to destroy all of this kind of stuff, and to a certain degree, there's this spiritual battle where he's coming in, and he's actually trying to bring America back 
to its founding, which is rooted in Christianity. It's rooted in the Bible. And I think that they are so opposed to God that they are seeing this fight both as a physical battle and a spiritual battle. And I think that we as Americans, we need to understand that, that this is more than just a fight over Donald Trump. This is a fight for the soul of our country. I mean, Jeff, it's gotten so out of control that I just saw an article on Breitbart today that uh, there was vandalism. Um, There was a a guy that beheaded a statue of Jesus in El Paso, Texas, because Jesus was not black, and it was a white Jesus. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. We have people that are so obsessed with color and all these, you know, like there's a lot of, of hate and racism directed towards whites that is not being called out enough. And I mean, you're going to go destroy a Jesus statue because it's not black. I mean, what that, where are we, this society is really backwards. I mean, we're, we're, we're living in a scary time. This is scary. No, it, it really is. But, but, but we got to remember like this, this is very, uh, this is a standard tactic uh, by yeah. by the by these same people that are doing this, we saw this happen with in Nazi Germany, right? They went after the Jews because they they represented God's people, and 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 so they they divided, they separated out from the Jewish people, and we're seeing the same tactic being used here. Um, it's it's just you know a, diff, a different race, different skin color, things like that. When in reality, like even if you look simply at Christianity, right? The whole premise of Christianity is that we're one race. We're all one people under God, which is what the, the founding of our country was, was actually established on. It was a unification thing. It was that we're all unified. There is no division. There is no separation. There is no breaking apart. And I think that that's what we need to get back to. But, but what's happening is everybody's getting riled up. Everybody's getting pit into these battles, and I think that we, as people who love the Constitution, love America, we want to do what's right. We want to preserve freedom and liberty. we got to take a step back, and we got to understand they are trying to bring us into this battle and play on their terms. we got to play on our terms. we got to use the Constitution. Right. we got to bring things back to freedom and liberty and articulate why capitalism, why, capitalism, why uh, personal responsibility is so important. And, uh, and th- that's the way we're going to take back our country, not getting into these race wars and, you know, fighting over, over these uh, little details and things like that. We've got we to look at the big picture. If we're going to save America, it's going to be getting back to our founding principles. Amen. Amen. Jeff, Jeff I, love, uh, I love talking to you. Um, stay with us if you can and tell everybody where they can connect with you and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So a few different websites. You can go to gatekeepersonline.com if you're interested in the Christian stuff. If you're, if you're interested in the secular podcast, go to freedomfirstnetwork.com. And then finally, if you guys are interested in pre-ordering the book Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America, go to gatekeepersonline.com slash churchandstate, and you can actually use the code Jeff at checkout, J-E-F-F, for 10% off. So definitely check that out. Excellent. I love it. I love it, Jeff. Uh, stay with us. Um, and uh, we're definitely going to get, get you back here as a regular. Let's get you back again next week. Um, I want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us, we have a retired law enforcement officer and also North Carolina State Senate candidate, uh, Rick Padgett. Hold on. Rick, how are you? I'm doing – hold on a second. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Rick, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Oh, okay. All right, yeah. cool. 
Oh, I'm I'm doing good, hanging in there, staying busy as ever. You know, the politics in North Carolina is some mean, mean stuff, so you got to mean, be mean right back with it. Um, you know, I don't know if you – I hear you. We had our um, – this the appeals court in North Carolina ruled that the voter ID um, is valid. We uh, we voted on it, you know, and, and, and won by over 500,000 – about 500,000 votes. And then the governor decided that they'd come up with some – Silly activity, and and they would they would challenge in the courts, and then they had their local judges pretty much start kicking it out, and then now we got one in the appeals court, so I just said that no, the governor was wrong. So um, his excuse was we didn't need to change it back because it was it was less than two months before the election. Well, my comment to the press was is well he knew he knew the gamble when he went in and started. Uh, Violating the rights of the voters who voted for the for the for the uh, referendum. So, you know, if it doesn't give him, if it gives him less than two months to get ready, that's his problem, not ours. So that's something he tries to pull off. Have, and, you guys are having a lot of problems there right now, aren't you? It's a, it's a, it's a oh, Roy Cooper is a disgrace. Yeah, Roy's an idiot. Roy, uh, you know, I, I tell somebody, it's just like you're really doing great, you're really doing good. You open up your door and Roy Cooper's standing there and he punches right in the nose and you didn't see it coming until, boom, it was there. That's the kind of governor he is. The, you know, um, he's out there he's out there protesting with the BLMs. He's out there protesting with them yeah. wearing no mask. And then he's going to stand back and criticize somebody else for not wearing it. You know, I mean, it yeah, makes and, no sense. And you, go ahead. Yeah, and just to... And look at all the crap he did with preventing Trump from doing the convention there. I mean, just a complete jackass. And I love, I love the state of North Carolina. I was in North Carolina uh, just a couple months ago. I was, I was all over the place. It's a beautiful place. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, oh. I wish the politics were different. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, the, you know, and really right now they're they're sweating it. You know, here, let me tell you what happened. Um, so. I had my signs out yesterday. I went out, and I was up in – I have two and a half counties that I have to politic in, and it's been tough anyway. But I, I keep a pretty strong Facebook presence, and I and I say what's on my mind. I'm, I'm not that politically correct guy. So if anybody's looking at my campaign, they can they, – they, they basically say, well, you're, you're more Trump than Trump is. You just don't – you don't say it like he does. I said because I'm not a billionaire. But if I was a billionaire, yeah, I'd probably be worse than he is. But the reality is, is you know, when you go out and you people in the community, when it's like you said, it's that solid majority that say, hey, um, yeah, I'm voting for him, but don't put a sign on my yard. I'm voting for him. And then, then you get the people who you're at the grocery store, like I was this morning, uh, and I'm going in there and I got my signs. I got the Trump. I got about 55 Trump signs. Which, believe it or not, they're hard to get now. You can't hardly get them. And then I had about 40 of my signs. Well, I mean, I was—I had just got out of my truck to meet somebody, and before I could get out of that food line parking lot, within 30 minutes, every sign I had was gone. I mean, people were coming up asking for the sign because you can't find them. And I'm telling you, it's—you know—I got a prediction, and this is—and and the last time when he ran. Everybody said, it's going to be close, it's going to be close. Well, and everybody, you know, on Facebook, oh, you're crazy, you're senile, you're, you're you know, because you know, I'm I was 55, they're, oh, you're, 
you know, you're crazy, you're senile, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, 322 electoral votes that he's going to get. Oh, no way, no way. He's not going to get, he's not going to get 150. Okay. Well, when it was over said and done, what was it, 306, 304, something like that. So I told him the other day, I said, you know, I'll tell you now, I think, I think he has a chance of getting as high as 360. I really believe that I think that he is going to dominate because you, know, you got your little pockets of liberals, but for the most part, everywhere I'm going, I'm not hearing it. Even in a very liberal area, I, I, I'm talking to Bernie Sanders voters that are saying they're not voting for Biden. You know, and, I, right. and I've talked to several of them. I mean, they're not happy. They they think they got sold out once more, but worse this time because um, it was a plot, and then Bernie laid down and played dead for him. You know, he he sold them out real fast. You know, and and his way was to go in and team up with with Biden, and the, the hopefully that he could hold his hand through it. And you know, I think it's kind of funny how um, you start hearing Biden talk about the Harris Biden administration, and you hear Kamala Harris talking about the Harris Biden administration. And both of them had the same gap in the same week, you know, which is kind of odd, you know. But th- you say what you think sometimes, not realizing that's what you're thinking about and that's what's happening behind the scenes. I, he's not going to serve. And I can tell you this, soon as, even if he would get in, which is going to be a miracle, they're going to be figuring out how to put him out of there. How they gonna, They're going to be sitting back hoping that the next six months that he'll be gone. Make no mistake about it, because he's valuable. He's more valuable than them. Gone, and they don't care who they risk, because that man's got some issues right now, and they're still throwing him up front. You know, like somebody right. said, you know, if, if you want to confuse him, you know, put him in the basement, paint his, put, put his office downstairs, paint it up like the Oval Office, and tell him he won the election. He'll be all right for the next four years. You know, he won't yeah. know the difference. No, I agree. No, I agree. I, I agree with you 100 um, percent. Absolutely. 100 um, percent. Rick, tell tell everybody where they can connect with you and get involved. They can uh, get me through my uh, my website and that's www.rick4ncsenate.com. And, you know, it's, it's I'm in a hell of a battle right here. I finally got I'm, char- I'm challenging incumbent. And if we don't get him out of there, he's going to be in charge of the finance committee here in North Carolina. And he's one of the people on the national level that's yelling to defund the police. And uh, right now, he's—I mean, he—he's not—he's not one they need. But he actually, this time, is having a campaign, send out flyers, and and get out there and shake some hands and do whatever. Because uh, you know, he knew last last time I was out here, I surprised him, and and now he knows I'm back out here and I'm working twice as hard this time. So, um, and, and we're, you we're know, I, really I also. Here. Yeah, yeah, no, and and, I, and I'm I'm rooting for you. I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. And I I also just read a poll that Donald Trump is uh, leading now in North Carolina. So that's that's good. North Carolina is a very important oh, yeah. battleground state. We are working our ass off for him here. Matter of fact, I can tell you now, uh, in our group here, we are averaging knocking yeah. on about twenty five hundred doors a day. So we're knocking it out of the hall over here. So, but but thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, let let me let me ask you this. Um, 
you know, what, what, what do you, you know, you work in law enforcement, you know, that's one of your Mm -hmm. specialties. Uh, You know, what do you, what are your thoughts on, on just the future of, of, of this whole rioting and all this bullshit going on? Yeah. And, and, you know, um, they, they want to talk about, you know, racism and everything that they're using it for an excuse. And you were talking a while ago, uh, you know, about the $12 million settlement and, how, but how the boyfriend, uh, she come out and shielded the boyfriend, or the boyfriend either threw her in front of the bullets, one of the two. But the fact is, um, you know, problem that we're having right now, and, and I see this, and say full disclosure, I'm also a, a co-founder, and I am the executive director for the North Carolina Sheriff Police Alliance, where we defend police officers accused of wrongdoing by suspects. Uh, so we could defend officers in shootings. Uh, and let's face it, when an officer gets accused of something like that, the politics of it generally step in, and the agencies yeah. step away, and they're out on their own. And when that's, we're there for our guy because we're not going to let the press beat them up without us going out there, you know, going back at it and telling the real story. Because your agencies step back and go, your, your biggest problem sometimes is, is, is your agencies just as much as it is the people throwing the bullets at you, throwing the lawsuits at you. Because it's easier right. for them to walk away and let you fight it on your own, and then they don't have to claim any liability. See, that's just the way it works. If they could say you did something wrong and they didn't train you that way, and, and they'll do it in a heartbeat, then you're on your own. So the future law enforcement, here's our problem. We're losing people, and we're losing great officers, and we're not gaining officers. People right. are not wanting to get in. And the ones that are getting right. in it, because let me tell you what's happening. What's really happening now, and people aren't catching it, you got your little gangs that they are putting their little gangbangers are going and, you know, they're getting in before they get their records yeah. and keep them clean. And then they'll get them in law enforcement. And now they got an inside track and that's how your corruption. It's, even no, starts. It, it, and that's, yeah, it's, it's, in, it's insane. It's, in, it's insane. It really is. And no, I, I agree with you. And, and t- tell, so tell everybody uh, where, where did, did you already tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, on my website, again, that's www.rickpaget.com, and then you can always get me, and it's real quick, is is uh, Rick Paget 2020 and that's on Facebook, and you can find me there. I love it. That's where I do a lot of my conversations and my posts, and, and I do it on my personal page, too, but like I said, uh, you know, I, I, I'm retired. Um, and I'm working a, a second job, you know, and starting on, it's not really retirement, I'm contracted, but, you know, I'm doing that. And I'm running for office, plus I'm executive director for North Carolina Sheriff Police Alliance. So I got many hats, but uh, I, I, I'm full throttle, and I have very little time to sit around and do it. nothing. So, you know. Amen. Amen, man. Amen. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. God bless your service. Stay with us if you can. We've got a couple minutes left. We'll do. Uh, I want to go to crime expert, uh, Carlo Cavazzuti. Carlo, your thoughts on everything. Go ahead, my friend. Wow, man. What a show you had tonight. And and to wrap it up with the last two guests that you had is awesome. I truly believe that the United States, the entire world, uh, we are living in last times. And no man knows the day or time. That's for sure. You know, with what Jeff said, um, we are living in the last times here, 
And, you know, you know, I think he was right. When Trump got elected, he said, okay, United States, you know, it's not your time yet. It's not your time for the fall. And, and, um, and you know, Rick was talking about the cops and everything and uh, the, the battleground in North Carolina. I, I certainly hope he uh, unseats this guy. And, you know, what a great thing that they have a uh, – law firm that is designed around helping police officers who get jammed up uh, because it happens to every cop sooner or later, maybe a little bit jammed up, maybe a whole lot jammed up. And you know, there's nothing worse than getting left to hang out in the wind uh, by your agency. It, it, it's, it can be real difficult and emotionally draining yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And and what are your thoughts on this whole Breonna Taylor, this Black Lives Matter bullshit? I mean, aren't you sick of all these damn? I, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's sick stuff. I mean, we're like we're enabling criminals. Uh, it 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 is. Uh, BLM's got to go down. We know who's backing it. It's the same and, and person Carlo, or group of people. Sad, here's the sad thing. Here's the sad part. More blacks need to die before anybody before they'll ever learn because they only respond with violence a lot of these people in the street they don't respond like normal people like you and i they only respond with force and it just keeps happening because they don't learn well well they keep they keep their eyes with the blindfolds over them uh when it comes to the black on black crime you're not going to solve anything until you you can find a way to work around that problem but the uh, e- the evilcrats that are in those cities now, they don't care. They don't care if those cities burn to the ground. And Breonna Taylor's family, it, it's a shame that that woman died. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, that family's going to be broken in a couple years. And uh, oh, yeah. my wife, oh, my wife made mention of that. They're going to buy a bunch of Air Jordans. They're going to buy a bunch of Air Jordans. They're going to buy a bunch of Escalades. They're going to buy a bunch of mansions. They're they're not. They're going to be dumber than shit with their money. You can you can you can guarantee that. I mean, these are not educated people. Oh, exactly, exactly. They won't know the first thing about investing money, setting aside some, uh, you know, make it grow. Uh, they could come out of this with and then they got their two, all their three, giant four family times. members that are going to keep and the giant family that's going to keep asking them for money. I mean, it's not going to end. Of course. And they're all going to have their little entourage that is going to be there <laughs> as long as the money's there. It, it's just like these pro athletes. Um, yeah. It, it, it just, these lawsuits are just ridiculous. Uh, it, you know, it, it's a shame when anyone dies. It, it's a shame when there's mistakes made. But listen, cops aren't the only ones that make a mistake or go to the wrong door or something. Uh they're just as fallible as the as the everyday citizen out there on the street. Uh, it, we got a little more training in how to handle situations, but you know something. When it comes right down to it, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And if you want social workers going to violent domestics, yeah, uh, let me tell you something. You'll go to one or two of them. And if you aren't killed or come out of it bloody, uh, you know, God might have been looking out for you that day. Uh, 
but sending these social workers out on, on these kind of costs, that's not going to work. It's not going to fly, Rory. Uh, they're going to end up getting hurt. And now in all these cities that are defunding the police, the mayors are saying, where are the cops? Well, dumbass, you defunded all of them. And they don't want to come out on your stupid-ass calls where people are acting ignorant and hurting each other. You know, you can have what you created. You get what you pay for. I mean, that's just basic common sense. You get what you pay for. If you don't want to pay the police to do it and you want something else in place of it, well, you're going to get what you pay for. You don't. You don't bring home hamburger when you paid for filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. You're absolutely right. I mean, and, and you know these people. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I, you know, it, it's a it's a crazy, crazy. I'll tell you, um, I've just never seen anything like it. I really haven't. And you know, and we we have. It's just one headline after the other. I mean, it's, you know, and every it's like every single day, uh, you know, I mean, we, we talk about all this negative, sad, depressing stuff. And I'll tell you, 2020 has been the most violent, worst, depressing uh, year, I think, ever in existence. I mean, it, you know, this, this, it needs to end already. I mean, it, there's just been too much devastation. There really has. There's just been and too much idiocy and too much violence. And just, I could name so many words right now. Um, I'll tell you what, we have though, these man. small pockets. We have these small pockets all over the country where we're actually at civil war. And I don't want to see the whole country go that way. But it may take something like that. And believe me, as Trump is reelected, and I believe he will be by a, a wide margin, uh, right. they're going to try and do something. But I'm telling you, there's so many patriots all over this country that will say, well, you know, they got us locked down anyways, and we can't go to work. We're going to go join the militia, and we're going to take our country back. Right. This is what it's yeah, going to no, ha- come I, down to. Go ahead. I agree. No, I I agree. I agree. Uh Carlo, Carlo Cavazzuti, uh one of my one of my favorites, good friend of mine. Always love having you with us. Uh You can find him on Twitter, you can find him on Facebook. He's doing a lot of great things. And um everybody, I, I really want to thank you all uh for tuning in tonight. Uh I want to thank all my guests my co-hosts, my audience and sponsors. I love you all. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend, uh, and I will see you all next, next week. Until then, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. <laughs>